everybody, welcome to episode 60 of Gave My Mom Found. I am Mike Elberton, and who's with me tonight? Uh, Mercenary Stu, Stu Hughes. Uh, ben Johnson, uh, generally go Brother Ben 15 in most games. <laughs> Another fellow Overbloody from the Over... I watched the entire Overblood Super Replay, which I never have. Uh, part of that group joining us tonight. Someday I should really watch the rest of that replay, shouldn't I? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> It's never going to happen at this point. I, I just don't care. I only watched a couple hours of it. I beat over blood. Does that count? No. Um, okay. I did beat over blood. So. <laughs> well, a couple of quick things I, I want to say before we introduce what we're playing. Um, first, I want to give an awesome shout out to all our listeners, and hopefully the people who listen to them, Alice, are also listening to this episode. Uh, we actually had broken our record... Alice was the first episode to hit 300, 250, 350, all in less than a week. It's at 354 currently downloaded. So thank you so <laughs> much, guys, for listening to that episode. So, and Labyrinth is at 299, so almost at 300 at the time of this recording. So, And that's also super fucking impressive. We had three days over 250 in the last week, which is a first for us to have those kind of numbers. I want to thank everyone who's been taking the time out and spreading us around to let people know. Like We, we greatly appreciate it. It, it Congratulations. I couldn't believe it. I was like, what? The numbers just kept going up and up and up and up. Hell, 100 people downloaded Killer 7 in like one day. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I don't understand. Okay. You never know. Some, some stuff blows up and it's like, okay. Like, legitimately, Alice blew up and I was like, okay, let me see if there's like any news of like a sequel to this game coming out. Like, just happenstance. <laughs> <laughs> like, just don't know why that one did so well compared to others. <laughs> And two other things I want to say. One, Stefan is not joining us tonight. Unfortunately, he has some family stuff to take care of. But I do have a funny thing to say. He was—he's helping—he's helping a friend of his, a girl, and she had asked him the simple question that I'm. That I, it made me laugh when he said it because she, she told him, "What's more important, me or your stupid or your stupid podcast?" And I thought to myself, women love the word "stupid" sometimes. It just made me think of that with my exes. They—they they were like, "Oh, stupid video game, stupid that, stupid this." And I was like, <laughs> "Well." <laughs> So he, he had to take care of something important. So unfortunately, he couldn't make it tonight. But I did want to say off that little joke. Yes. And one last thing before I introduce, I had um, a buddy, uh, a fellow listener, uh, Adam Bradbury, who's been talking to me off on Facebook. Oh, if anyone ever has any questions about this podcast or ever just want to reach out, please feel free to reach out to me on Messenger on the Facebook uh, Games My Mom Phone. I'm always, I will reply. I mean, sometimes it might take me a day just because I hate logging in because it makes my password every single time. But I will answer your question. So if you ever feel free to shoot out. Um, he had actually sent an email to us back when we did Metal Gear Solid. But I actually didn't check the email since we created the email until a couple of days ago. So, <laughs> But I did want to read his memory from there. And he's been talking to me. So I, I, we're just going to read that real quick. So this is about Metal Gear Solid from Adam. That Metal Gear Solid and FF7 were definitely that were, were definitely the game the most on ps1 i'd like to share with you some of the fun stuff i used to do sneaking up behind guards and placing c4 on their back throwing a grenade into the urinal that the guard is using in b1 of the nuke storage i've never did that <laughs> oh yeah they tell you that you can't use guns in the nuke storage floor one but you can snipe the cards while laying in the while while laying in the doorway wow i did not know that i, I should have <laughs> i really would have liked to read that when we did middle here <laughs> unfortunately did not happen <laughs> All right, now that we got some of that stuff out of the way that I did, I needed to clear up. I'll, I think I should introduce what game I picked for us this week. First, I want to say I'm sorry. I'm a fucking asshole. I realize. Oh, wow. Oh, I, we were we played Ray Fencer Musashi for PlayStation One, made by SquareSoft, which doesn't exist anymore. Exactly. Uh, came out in 19, 1998. Well, they're Square Enix now. 
but back then yeah. they were square. Square's still around. They're still doing yeah. some stuff. Some okay, were, things. were they square or were they square soft yet? They were square soft at the time. They were square soft at the time. Okay. And then they became square, and then they merged and became Square Enix. Yeah. Which surprisingly, uh, I don't know if this game is like referenced in any of their other games. Like, there's a sequel. There is a sequel. Yes, I don't uh, know if it's gonna be on the podcast. Unless the show does standalone sequel, like it doesn't. Is it, it doesn't standalone? reference back to to what we're talking about today? It's a different game. Oh, yeah, okay. I saw that there was like a mobile game too. Oh, or is that really? A That's something different. Okay. Yeah, there's. Uh, I didn't like, just want to say. I'm sorry. There's a two thousand five had... mobile like like adaptation of the game. Interesting. <laughs> I had fond memories of this game. Yeah, absolutely. I, I had seen the cover a lot in GameStop, and I was <laughs> never that interested in playing it. And now that I have, I this game kind of like broke my mind for a very, <laughs> like I don't know. I I had like the weirdest week, and playing this game was just like ruining me. But not because of the game. You're welcome. It's, there's just so much weird stuff going on. It was like sensory overload, basically. Because the woman who plays Mizashi sounds just like the voice actor who played Mega Man in Mega Man Legend. <laughs> I didn't think about that. And so I, the entire time I was thinking about like Mega Man Legends. And then you, another character shows up named John, who's played by Steve Blum. But is Steve Blum doing kind of a higher pitched voice? So he like the lady who played Mizashi also kind of sounds like the, the lady who played Jim Hawkins, Hawkins in uh, Outlaw Star, and Steve Blum's doing a cool. higher pitch voice, so he sounds like Gene Starwin from Outlaw Star, and his name is John, but that's only in like the English version. I found out in the Japanese version, his name is Gene, which is even more confusing. And then Musashi <laughs> looks like Twilight Suzuki from Outlaw Star. <laughs> and it was like all this weird stuff happening in my brain, and then the fucking music started playing, and goddamn, there is there, the like... One of the theme songs of this game, one of like the overworld themes that plays, it has. <laughs> this you can tell how like desperate my mind was. At this point, I was just breaking. There's a theme in this game that goes do 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 That's fucking bizarre love triangle from New Order, and it was like driving me insane. Every time I see you fall in, I get down on my knees and pray. <laughs> I broke stew apparently this week, huh? Basically, a million things kept happening that were reminding me of other things. And yeah, it's like oh, sensory geez. overload. I just couldn't handle it. Like the bad guys start showing up, and there's so much like bad guys from like Mega Man Legends. <laughs> what about, Next time happening? I pick this game, we need to go back in time, maybe, and play and change it out to Mega Man Legends instead. Maybe. <laughs> So just as as you were talking, I went ahead and looked up the the voice actor for Musashi. Her name is Mona Marshall. Yeah. She has done a lot, a lot of work. What's even more confusing is that she, I think both she and Sandy Fox, who played uh, Fillet or Fillet, depending on if you say it right or wrong, depending on this game. (laughs) Princess Fillet. They were both in episodes of Wolf's Rain, and Sandy Fox played uh, the like young Sailor Moon in Sailor Moon, and Mona Marshall was a character in Sailor Moon. <laughs> it was like so many fucking like weird references were clicking in my head. I was like, I can't handle this. I can't do yeah. this. I say Mona was Izzy in Digimon. She was Shiro in the Fate series. 
I was trying to think of a way to like communicate this to Mike, and I just I couldn't come up with any solution aside from imagine if Mike, imagine if you went to see a new movie, you went to see like the like they came out with Spider Man two into the Spider Verse two, and they were like, okay, Chris Evans is gonna play Spider Man. Like, okay, that's a little strange. And then while you're watching the movie, they introduce Spider Gwen, except now it's played by Scarlett Johansson, (laughs) and then all the other Spider people are played by like Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, that would be a uh, Chris weird. Hemsworth. And then they changed the theme song for the Avengers to one of like Taylor Swift songs. You'd be like, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> this is not what I was expecting. It was oh. like too much. <laughs> but I should say why I picked this game. Because a lot of people who probably played this back in the 90s played it because it came with a demo of Final Fantasy VIII, which is why I originally even knew it existed. My buddy mm-hmm. bought this just for the Final Fantasy VIII demo. And I remember seeing him play it. And I, I had memories of me beating this game back in early 2000s. And now I'm like, no, those memories are completely bullshit because there was no way I beat this game as a kid. <laughs> no, no way. This I think game, a, I mean, maybe it's just me. This game is really fucking hard. Kids are, kids are more forgiving and generally a lot more patient with games, I find. I'm not patient. <laughs> like, I know I've, I've played like, I know I've beaten like Resident Evil 2 a number of times as a child. Yeah. Like how? How did I do? I, I'm I'm sure I've saw the end screen of Resident Evil 2 like, like a thousand times. Then going back because I'm like, God damn, this thing is just kicking my ass. I don't I don't understand. <laughs> I used to be so good at games when I was eight. <laughs> Shouldn't have been playing Resident Evil 2 at eight. But for those that <laughs> don't know, this is a, an action RPG where you you play as Mushashi, who is this kid who was um summoned to save all you can eat kingdom, all you can eat E E T kingdom. From the thirst quencher empires attacking them, and that's another thing. Everyone's named after vegetables and and foods. And all I could think was like like in addition to all the other references, my my brain was just going Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball. <laughs> what well, is happening to me? We'll talk about yeah. that later for Dragon Ball. Yeah, I mean, you're straight, straight up, straight up Dragon Ball representation. Straight up, the good kingdom are named after food. All the characters in the evil empire are named after drinks. Yes. I didn't even catch that, but that <laughs> Yeah, because they're the thirst quenchers. That's it's <laughs> all you can take them versus the thirst quencher like empire. Yeah. But, butler livers and oh is root trick a drink? Oh root beer, I guess, or uh yeah. Yeah. You make a lot I of drinks out of My uh, probably my favorite name in the whole game was Shepherd Beefalo. That's pretty good. <laughs> I really liked uh, <laughs> I like John uh Capricola a lot. Capricola <laughs> Which is great because it makes sense because he's like, he's like, uh, we'll we'll get into his character later, but yeah, he's like outside the kingdoms. Like I I did not remember this game correctly. I found out like I had fond memories of this game. I thought this was a cool, strange little game. It's still a cool game, but man, did I get my ass handed to me! If I wouldn't have had save states, I wouldn't have seen chap halfway through this game. Easy, I would yeah. never have made it. I'm sure we'll talk about it at the end, but this is a game that like desperately needs a remaster so it plays oh, yes. way better like I, I think this game could succeed but it desperately needs like updated controls it is clunky yeah i mean well maybe it was just my controller but there were a lot of times when i was trying to do a double jump later in the game where he would instead of doing a double jump he would just do the second part of the jump and fall and die <laughs> yeah I, I definitely had some issues with jumping okay. it, it's i mean it's worth noting that like a lot of jrpgs at this time were turn-based and uh, the kind of the reason behind that was because it was just easier on the player yeah yeah real-time combat wasn't quite where it's at but i mean credit to this game for doing real-time combat and 
Well, yes. plus, if this game doesn't have a normal leveling system, you earn, like, your body, whatever the hell that does, go up, your mind goes up, your two swords, fusion and lumina go up, depending on how much you use the swords, and just... So the more you hit with a sword, the more that sword will end up leveling up, which will end up leveling up your character, which doesn't increase your HP or your MP. Your MP is only increased by rescuing the villagers that are inside big green crystals called Binchel, and that raises your MP. You'll find them throughout the world. You have to explore and find these people, which... That's weird. <laughs> yeah, which is hard because like it presents the the bincho fields and saving the villagers as like an optional, you know, side quest. You yeah. want to get them all if you really yeah. care. But at the same time, you there's a good half of them, I'd say, are like you have to have them or you can't progress the story. Yeah, well, yeah. That's about to say the same thing. The story is like so much of the story is also giving you BP. Or, like, you'll get through a story beat, and it's like, um, Brave Professor Mushashi has upgraded to, like, an uh, extra 50 BP. It's like, okay, I didn't realize that that was also happening. <laughs> yeah. Which was good, because I, uh, I, I'm glad that the story leveled me up, because I, I admit that I did not fight very many enemies in this game. You don't and have I realized to. that you can pretty much just run by everything. <laughs> That's right. And also, one thing about this game is, you, you, as, you were, as I was saying, you have two swords, and one of the swords, if you hold down R1 and then throw your sword... You can suck in an enemy's ability and you get different abilities. I did not use that almost the entire game. I just used my two swords and I realized how wrong I was playing this game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because I'm weird. In RPGs, I don't like to use MP, so I will save every MP I get. In this game, it's like, no, no, use it. Don't <laughs> save it. You have, And I just didn't play that way. And it wasn't until after I finished this game, I'm like, oh, I played this way wrong. But and I, I my observation was that you like you really don't need to be conservative with your no. your bincho points at all because the the villagers that you save I, when you save them you get a a small boost to your max BP and it fills it up and it fills it up for you yeah and they're spread out pretty pretty evenly that if you're just going you know barely out of your way to find another bincho field you're never suffering for yeah it's pretty liberal like you could this is one of those jrpgs where like you could feasibly finish and be so insanely overpowered that <laughs> the boss fight is just nothing <laughs> it helps i mean the game will help get you ready for things mm -hmm. i never felt <laughs> too ready also this game has a in-game time system that is moving on where as you play through the game you, your guy gets tired musashi will get tired and time will flow and certain stores are closed at certain times and certain events only happen at certain you can usually just sleep whenever the hell you need to just pass out and then more time will pass that way mm -hmm. which i had to do a lot i like how sometimes you wake up and you're like shit i'm late <laughs> <laughs> and also the way that you increase your health in this game it's, I don't like it, but it's cool, but I really don't like it. You have to find these little rabbit-looking monsters that will leave a little shit pellet around during the day, and then if you sleep somewhere nearby and go to where the shit pellet was, I'm, yes, I'm saying shit pellet, you will find a little rabbit creature that you can grab it, and if you pick it up, then you get a longevity berry, and then you increase your health. And yes, yeah. it's a it's, it's a, this game is complicated and strange. Yeah. Very odd. I, I like that it actually says it in the game. That these uh, they're called minkus. They hold the longevity berries in their mouth, and to get them to spit it out, you have to throw. You have to pick them up and throw them. Yeah, it's it's very odd, but I, I like the general 
I, I like when there's a common theme in uh, especially JRPGs that kind of ties everything together. Yeah. Like, I, I like, uh, I mean, like Final Fantasy is so developed as a franchise at this point that you just know you're in a final, like, you know, you're in a Final Fantasy city the second you see it. Oh, but, okay. I'm, I missed something I just realized. What's that? I never fought the Mother Minku. Oh. There's Which only happens giant... if you if you collect, if you find all 13 throughout the game. Yeah, you unlock I did. I just didn't go do that because the guy that was reading didn't tell me to. <laughs> I also did not fight them because I did not look that hard for Mother Minku's. For Minku's. I, I would say I want to go back, but I don't want to go back ever. So, <laughs> uh, if this game got the entire like the entire time playing it, I just kept thinking if this game got a remaster for the Switch, I'd probably love it. Like if it came out, they were like, "Oh, we're gonna remake Musashi, and we're gonna like put it on Switch." Like after Square is done, uh, finally finishing <laughs> fucking Final Fantasy VII, <laughs> whatever that was, so in like twenty years when that's finally done. <laughs> and I don't know. I, 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 I was playing this. I was like, this would. It's the combat's kind of ahead of its time. I would really like to play a modern version of this because it, it reminded me a lot of like Final Fantasy 15, where you can throw the weapons around and teleport and stuff, but they only like like use your fusion ability with the katana and, and absorb energy and change the kind of abilities you have. That was really cool. Yeah, it was getting, like different elemental properties. Like you have to you have to find five scrolls throughout the game, and they all have different elemental properties, which gets you like a new skill set. That's it's a really new abilities. I like that. Yeah, it's a really well made. It's a really like well formed concept. Yeah, just stuck in a really clunky system. <laughs> I mean, even this game opens up with a bang because you only start with one of your two swords and you're running right down a road, fighting enemies, jumping over rocks, climbing up a tower. Then you get chased by after you grab the other sword, you get chased by a big head. And you got to run and dodge stuff like you're playing an old Mickey Mouse game for Super Nintendo. What it reminded me of. And it was just, it was cool. Like, I was like, I was really on board in the beginning. In the first boss fight, I was completely on board with this game at first. You mean Even the first it, boss fight from Mega Man Legends? It's the same fucking fight. <laughs> it was a giant night thing where you, night-looking monster with four legs. So like, what is going on? <laughs> what is happening to my brain? I mean, I, Stefan actually had, had messaged me right after that. He's like, what the hell? I don't like this because that fight, <laughs> one he like there's a certain part if he lands if the, when the boss lands a certain way you think you can hit him but you can't hit him because the game's like no he has to be over here because he, hit him, he goes up against the wall yeah yeah and he got irritated he's like i don't like this game <laughs> it's very clunky but it's also they like they they try to go for something really cinematic which i appreciate like that first boss fight when you there's a point where like you hit the what's the name of that the enemy do you remember steam knight the steam night when you hit it it like flies back and slams into the wall like down this long hallway and i was like oh that's really that's like a really cool scene that would look really good in a modern game and then this little munchkin character that you are picks him up and throws him through the wall yeah it's like <laughs> i like the idea that like you're this tiny little kid even though you're not really a, I, I couldn't tell if you were meant to be a kid or if they you're just not like, a kid you're summoned, I mean, wrong, right? Yeah, you because you were summoned, which I hadn't mentioned, because 150 years ago, which I did not know this, because I just read this as we we're talking this, the <laughs> legendary Brave Venture Musashi saved all your kingdom and, and defeated the Wizard of Darkness, and that's where they resummoned you because they need help fighting the yeah. Thirst Quencher Empire. But they get a little kid, and they're all upset, saying, oh, we screwed up, we summoned the wrong person, get rid of this guy, and they already don't like you right from the beginning. <laughs> and you're actually playing as young 
Spencer Musashi. <laughs> At no point in this game do you play as like the real Musashi. You're him as a kid. But I, I like that concept a lot. I like that we need this hero. And oh, I, I screwed up the summon and I got like the hero 20 years too early. <laughs> I yeah. really like yeah. that idea. <laughs> I, I like how this game starts too, with one exception. Where, where the the game straight up opens up with like the princess and her like cadre of <laughs> annoying servants <laughs> running down a stairwell and being like, "We need to do something." Like the princess is gonna get kidnapped or killed, and like we need to we need to summon a hero. Or they're just like, "We need to do something." She's like, "I'll summon the hero." And they're like, "Are you sure?" Like we don't know if you're ready. It's it's a great little build up. My only exception to that is uh, is it is it Rithin Ribbon, <laughs> the what? the one servant who talks in like ye olde English. Might be Ribson. 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 Yeah. He might be my most hated character in any game now. He might be the most annoying. He is uh, I was I legitimately before we started this episode, I was like, how can I possibly communicate how much more I hate this character than Crayden from Golden Sun? (laughs) For those that want to hear more annoying in episode four. Yeah. The first (laughs) character I hated in the game. It's probably because this one has a voice actor. In Golden Sun, you don't actually hear him. It's all in your head. (laughs) That's true. He's just annoying. I heard him. him At first, I was like, okay, like they're going for like a joke. And I was like, this character is going to like die or something or not be that important. But no, he's like the princess's main servant. Like he's her head servant. So you talk to him multiple times throughout the game. And it's just a joke time. that goes on for so long. Like by his first, by his first interaction in the opening cutscene, I was like, "Oh God, oh, is this gonna be like the whole game?" He talks basically like this. He's like, "Oh, Sir Masashi, doeth thou goeth and getteth the princess and bringeth her back to the castle?" It's like, <laughs> it's it's, it's too much. It's too much. Yeah. I didn't listen it's to like, anything. It's that old, that old timey English with the duff. <laughs> But it's like intentionally wrong and too much. But it's bad. It's like, uh, yeah, it's like a bad cartoon. It's 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 just relying on this very simple joke for far too long. And I like part of my every every interaction, every interaction with him finished ends with taketh care on your journey. Yeah, (laughs) I I, I stopped reading. I did not give a shit what people had to say. (laughs) It's awful. I like every other character in this game for the most part, but. Like, just every time Ripson showed up on screen, I was like, oh, God, this asshole. I'm going to have to listen to him talk. I I skipped all the voiceover. Like, I would just hit the button as fast as I could and just keep going. I didn't want to hear they talk too slow for my attention span. I, I only so did it when he was talking. Because, like, the dialogue and the, the uh, I mean, not the dialogue, the, the voice acting and the story beats are are genuinely good. Yeah, they're pretty entertaining. It's kind of a nice little... It's not a very like big game. I mean, it kind of feels big, but it's it's got like it's a nice little. Not. It's it's like a 15, 20 hour game. Yeah, I was looking up to see like how quick some people beat it, and I saw some people beat it in like like four hours. Like, damn. Yeah, yeah. And I was watching. I, I found a I found a speed run uh, that's a little over two hours. Jeez, yeah. So it, it's got like. It's got like just enough JRPG elements and tropes and it just it is it's really isolated. It, like it's a big world, but it's got a very isolated story that's pretty entertaining to me and it fits really well. There's not a lot of characters. So the characters that they do have have I they're like they're pretty fleshed out. <laughs> it's a it's a nice little early RPG. Like you yeah. you have Fusashi who's <laughs> like a little kid, but 
he, big is, he's supposed to be like this legendary samurai, but it turns out, oh, he's like this kind of annoying kid that is a little, yeah, maybe a little bit too arrogant. Punk <laughs> he's a snarky bastard, too. Yeah, he's snarky. He's, he's, a, he's this hero before the hero learns like humility and <laughs> modesty and like bravery, essentially. And, and he's not the only character either. Like the yeah. princess, too. The princess yeah. that you're trying to save. The princess who, for some reason, super, sounds like a valley girl. I mean, not, not, snobby is not the right word, but... Oh, kind of. Kind of. Yeah, a little. Yeah, I mean, she's she's voiced like a valley girl, and she has that kind of attitude. So, she's very much yeah. like, come on, Musashi, beat him up already. Yeah, very... <laughs> yeah, I'd say stuck up is a good word for it. She's stuck up, or she kind of... She's kind of entitled, but it makes sense because she's a princess character, so, like, she's not overly entitled like i that was another character i I thought sure. oh god this could get annoying really fast she's pretty good i mean she's like she's doing stuff as well she's you know participating in the story and uh like until she gets kidnapped <laughs> but you yeah. have to have the princess kidnap section of the game she that's, gets kidnapped like five times though yeah yeah you rescue her a couple times maybe that's that's 90s jrpgs man <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's not wrong you gotta have to you kind of have to forgive that for the 90s we're past that now. We're past that now with like Final Fantasy 15, where like the princess is doing more shit, arguably, than the lead character. <laughs> I still never played that game. I love that game. I, I recognize that a lot of people don't like it. So I always recommend it with like imagine playing kind of like a parody of a of a Final Fantasy. But I really a, want to. I think I it's a good one that's gonna happen. It's yeah. far too big to run the around to playing yeah. it. I think, uh, yeah, it's it's like an 80-hour game, so I would not recommend it for the podcast. It is a big, <laughs> big game. I mean, this game took me 10 hours, but I was using save states, and I was using a guide that was probably longer than 10 hours altogether with the amount of time that I've fucked up on things. I mean, also, this game is not forgiving. Like, you die, the save points are not very close to each other. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's... In fact, there's, there's really only one true save point, and that's the hotel in the main village. Yep. There are a few what they call memory boxes, which are your temporary saves. You know, yeah. <laughs> it was a small spattering of them throughout the game. Yeah, but... games uh games like this have really like made me appreciate other games I've played that I thought had bad saves before. Like I play I I love Star Ocean till the end of the time. It's like I think it's a fantastic JRPG. I love it. Again, it's a game that I recognize is not for everybody, but I love it. I really but the same, like, the only saves in that game are like you go into a dungeon and you can save before you go into the dungeon and that's it. Like every now and then a dungeon will have a save midway through, but those are like the long, those are like three hour dungeons mm-hmm. basically. Fuck. And I always thought like, oh, that's like awful. That's terrible. And then going back to like games like this, I'm like, oh yeah, they were just doing whatever they could to give us saves at that point. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even... Like, this game has a lot of epic moments. Like, even in, in Chapter 2, it's kind of epic when you have to go climb this mountain, which has a part that was kind of cool, like where you ride a raft, where all of a sudden now the game is like a 2... Not 2D, but like a 3D action platformer where you're trying to jump over rocks and dodge things. And, oh, God, without the freaking save yeah. states, I never would have made it. It took me five, ten, five to ten tries and one freaking rock to get past without getting hurt. I'm just like, okay, this is yeah. ridiculous. So the thing I really appreciate about the game, though, is that it, it it's not like, it's not, not like just typical, yeah. It's, it, yeah. It, it like, there it is a lot of variety in the use of mechanics. A very early uh, boss fight you go into and you're like, 
it turns out to not be a boss fight. You're just climbing somebody, like you're trying to out climb somebody to the top of, cl- of a cliff. Yeah, root and it's, like, it's almost like a rhythm game for a second. It's like okay, <laughs> like we're doing something. There. I mean, literally, there's a boss fight in this game where yep. it's a dance off. Like, yeah, God, it's fucking terrible. How you know, I figured out what it's, to uh, do. Yeah, it's pretty I rough, had, but I like that. Uh, <laughs> I don't bad. like how I hard it was. I had to, yeah, it was, yeah, it took a lot of save states. I was, I was trying to think of like, I can't kind of RPGs now, especially are games are very story heavy, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I like that games are very story heavy. I like games that are like we're going to try to tell this in a really like thematically strong way. I was like, there's not a lot of games that come out now as a single player game where halfway through it's like, okay, like this is the dance off competition. Like you could argue Yakuza has sections like that, but those aren't the main sections of the game. (laughs) Yakuza is so different too. Yeah. I mean, this game is another game that's doing those kinds of things. I can't make of like this game. It's constantly changing. Like, I mean, even like like the first the first real boss fight with the Crest Guardian, you're fighting a giant scorpion inside a inside a hole. In like a coliseum where you have to use your ability to earth, to shake the earth to make rocks or bombs fall. And I'm like, it's kind of a cool fight. I mean, this game is very epic, I felt like. I mean, I was entertained as much as I was getting frustrated and dying and failing. It really was an interesting, cool game. Like, the mm-hmm. levels yeah. are, re- are the, the different worlds. I mean, the different places you go to. I mean, you go to the same places multiple times throughout the game because everything is connected to the town. But as you get new abilities, you go to different places within that areas you were and you keep finding new things and it. it's it's i thought it was very interesting it feels very Mega Man legends but in the same way where it's like that. it's funny but it's funny in a way that's like also ties into the the gameplay and it, it's nice it's it's kind of refreshing despite the game being really clunky it's refreshing to see people to see that people have been trying in the past mm-hmm. and like with like like i said with yakuza doing that kind of thing now where it's you know it's a really dark gritty game but it has these moments of really like really nice and funny levity i'd like to see that come back for a lot of games yeah <laughs> i mean whole, the uh, game sure is always a joke to itself like they are joke i mean they're joking about you the entire time they're joking about everything throughout this entire game like no i mean even yeah. though it's a very serious thing like the world's gonna end if you don't stop what you're doing they're gonna destroy the empire if you don't i mean all you can eat kingdom if you don't stop like it there are big like here's one part in chapter three when there's a kid that will die if you're not fast enough he'll turn into a zombie vampire a bambi yeah a bambi. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah and it's not even and it's not even a if you don't get it to him in time, you fail and start over. It's if dead. you don't get it to him in time, he's dead, and his mother is grieved, and his mother, who runs the grocery store, is grieving. So yeah. you can no longer buy healing items. It's oh, gonna be, um, they do that. Yeah. yeah, that's that's fucking terrible. It's got a very like classic, like classic eighties anime feel to it. Again, like Outlaw Star, where it's like okay, the stakes are real. <laughs> like halfway, like I love Outlaw Star. It's one of my favorite animes because, again, the stakes are real. But halfway through that show, they have to enter a like strongest women of the universe contest, <laughs> and it turns into like a weird wrestling anime for an episode. It's like okay, the stakes are real. They need money because they've got to get to this place because they've got to save the day. But we're gonna have some fun along the way. <laughs> They're gonna be in some wacky scenarios. Yes, and this game has that that same like tone of like. The stakes are real. These people are trying, like, people are dying. People are trying to kill the princess. People are trying to kill you. But it's going to be a little wacky. (laughs) 
like everything even early on in that in that same chapter with the Vambies. Like when you when you sleep at night and walk around the town, you will see these blue werewolf looking things just wandering around. And like when you go into the place, you find the owner is drunk on soda pop. It says in the in the yeah. edit in this version. Yeah, but you, I mean, he's drunk off his ass on beer and liquor. All these liquor bottles are all over the place, and he's burp, he's hiccuping. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> But it, I mean, humor. And he's like, oh, all the treasure was was a stupid pair of, a stupid belt. Because in the end, when you finally open the door, you get, which is the legendary belt for you, which lets you double jump. He's like, oh, you get the stupid belt. I released these Vambies for nothing. And you're like, wait a second. Like, it's just so cartoony. And you find out that the whole thing was all, you know, the kid almost died because this guy was greedy and dumb. Like, it's such a weird game. I like, um, I, I kept thinking that there's an episode of Naruto where, Rockley accidentally accidentally it, like it's it's a whole drunken fist. <laughs> but it's 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 also like a very serious episode, but it's very, very funny. Oh, it's but one of the it, coolest it, fights in the whole series. Oh yeah, it's fantastic. But I think in like the English translation. In the Japanese version he drank sake. In the English version <laughs> Guy Lee or Mike Guy was like, Oh, he drank my elixir. Oh no. <laughs> it's like your elixir and everyone's acting like like oh my god rock lee drank elixir he's just a child it's like why are they so upset about him drinking his elixir i don't understand <laughs> <laughs> then at some point they're like well that elixir was made of 60 percent special juice and it's like oh okay that's some strong elixir <laughs> like some of the characters like were renamed to like the name one name is named bubbles but it was supposed to be Lieutenant Liquor and Lieutenant Brandy, and now it's Lieutenant yeah. Ginger Ale. And Rootrick was supposed to be Bordex or Bordex, whatever the hell that is. Bordeaux. It's a wine. Bordeaux. Okay. <laughs> and the big villain in the game that gets squished later on, fancy, but um, named Flatsky. His real his name is Japanese. His name supposed to be Tequila. Yeah, like, pure Tequila. <laughs> I guess you want that like uh, E rating, but. It's, I don't know. I feel it's it's such an odd change to be like, oh, this character isn't tequila. He's flatsky because soda can get flat and tequila is flat, I guess. I don't know. It's very strange. <laughs> it's a it's a it's such a weird game. Like I come all the time we're playing this. I'm just like, what the fuck did I do to us? <laughs> I like, like I was uh, so excited. And the whole oh, the whole uh, collect collecting the action figures. Is there any quest. point to that? No. No, okay, good. I like um, the character played by Steve Blum, John Capricola. At first, I was like, why did they change his name? His name is John Walker in the Japanese version, like Johnny Walker. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I like that. I like Turtle Johnny Walker. That's a that's a cool name. <laughs> I would love to play a game where like the main the the bad guys are like Johnny Walker and Jack Daniels and Jimmy <laughs> coming after I mean, you. They- I mean, this game has so many weird story beats, and it it hits them. Like, yeah. there's a character you run into one of the villains who, when she when she like teleports, a bunch of hearts go spraying all over the screen as she teleports. Like, it's just yeah. Well, she's like the Vambi. You're talking about the Vambi lady, right? Yeah. yeah you never yeah. fight her. Well, no, she's the one you dance off with, right? No, that's um, no. that's the uh, that's her sister, or her friend, or whoever the hell she is. Okay, that's is it? That's not Ginger Ale, is it? Wait, no, that's Bubbles. That's Bubbles. I don't remember. There's so many characters. No, I think it is Ginger Ale that like controls the the Vambies. Yeah, I I like that though. She yeah, she's like the the leader of the Vambies. But the entire time you fight these Vambies, you kind of expect like because the Vambies are 
they're pretty serious enemies. They're they're vampires and zombies, and they look a little goofy, <laughs> but the game treats them as dangerously as a zombie vampire would be. They're tough too. Yeah, and they're they hard to beat. They like, latch onto you, and they suck. oh yeah, like, they hurt. They're basically like a mix of like Doctor Jekyll and or Mister uh, not Doctor uh, uh, Mister Hyde and the fucking mummies from Zelda. The like the ones that jump on your face and scream. Oh, uh, Redead, Redeads, yeah. It's like a mix okay. of Redead and like Mister Hyde, and it's they just they'll kick your ass. And so the entire time it's like, okay, like we gotta find out who's like who's running these vampires, who's running like this this operation here. And you get in, it's like kind of a, it's a, it's a very like a uh, little like a uh, uh, feminine girl. <laughs> it's like maybe like thirteen. She's like, guys, we have to stop uh, Musashi. He's gonna kill us all. Oh, and she teleports away in hearts. It's just like, okay, I like, like that. I like have to go dry my hair now. Like, bye. Yeah, it's such a weird game and. It's it's very serious villains if every character was a bad guy from Sailor Moon, basically. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there is a Sailor Moon RPG, by the way. For sure. Yes, there is. It might um not, I might have already considered it for my list. I really, really want to play it. So if you put it on the show, I will not object. I don't know how long it is. <laughs> you can make it happen. But like even the, like one one boss that irritated me was when you when you're in when you're down in the in the, underneath the restaurant. And you fight the relic keeper, and it's, a, it's like a giant golem holding up the ceiling, who then sends summons a fireball to chase after you. Got to fight a big fireball because you just get the water power at this point in the game. Mm-hmm. It such, I, did, I did not enjoy that fight at all. That was <laughs> well, one I of did, my. Actually, so. That's interesting. Okay. Well, that was a little fun. I, I I liked all the. I mean, the boss fights in this game were tough, but not necessarily for the right reasons. Um, <laughs> everything in this game is like hard to do, but just because the game is kind of clunky. Well, also, it, it loves the whole idea of you're going to wait, and you're going to wait, you're going to wait, and the ability opens up, and then you can hit them, and then you got to wait again. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'm fine. I like that. that I like, I I'm very that. big on, uh, like, forcing me to be patient. I know a lot of people aren't, but I like boss I'm fights where it's like, okay, you have to attack them at this time, and you have to wait for, like, their vulnerability to be open. Well, I will say, uh, especially regarding the the boss fights, but it also applies to, like, um, destinations and, you know, continuing the story, that this game does, it does suffer in a lack of consistency. Like, at some points it'll say, you know, it'll say very clearly, like, this is what you need to do. This is how to beat this boss. And then other times, you just walk into a hall and, hey, it's boss time. (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, a lot it mixes everything too. up a lot. It's a it's in like I'll, one thing I'll say about this game is that I never really knew what to expect from the next like the next fight because they're so different and they some of them like it's, like you said some of them come at you just out of nowhere. It's like okay, we're doing a boss fight now. Oh, okay, all right, sure, yeah, let's get into it. I'll be ready up. <laughs> I mean, and it, you you aren't. I mean, they're all kind of difficult too. I mean, yeah. like one when I fought the this is an easy boss fight. I'm like no. No, this is not. <laughs> I mean, it's just I mean, the game. I mean, the game does a good job with varying because usually in in Zelda fashion, as you get a new ability, either Earth, Wind, Water, Fire, it has you use them somehow in the boss fight that you have to do, which yeah. was cool. Like I did enjoy that whole Zelda thing style. Mm. Didn't like it. <laughs> is it the exact opposite of? Um, didn't we say like when we played Ghostbusters, we're like the whole this whole game is fun, but the boss fights are a little. 
a little bad. Yeah. It's the exact opposite. <laughs> We're like, the boss fights are all really interesting, but then like the rest of the game is I like, didn't like them. it's a little rough. The whole game is just, well, it's I, just rough. I will be finishing it. Back. Yeah, I, I, mean, I can't I, believe you're playing the, the real version, not the version where you can hit save, load, save, load. <laughs> Yeah. I don't think I would mind playing the second version because I I was like looking stuff up for it and well first of all the main character from the second one looks just like fucking Sora from Kingdom Hearts like to a T <laughs> but uh, I, I was like this I've okay, never this played like Musashi Samurai Legend so I'm 100 percent up for it someday yeah. and I should have looked it up too because I didn't know if I was like I know I've heard the name Musashi not. I was like, I don't know if it's just referencing this, but I've heard it. But Musashi was actually like a famous samurai, like a real life samurai mm-hmm. in Japan. Yeah. Which, of course, I'm, as a kid, assuming he didn't have, I'm assuming he couldn't double jump and have magic sword beasts. Um, so. I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> no, but he was, um, he was, in fact, famous for using a two sword fighting style. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he, like, uh, he was like a famous, like, philosopher. Like, he was like, they're the ideal version of a samurai in Japanese culture. He was a samurai. He was a philosopher. He was like a strategist. He was like the Renaissance man samurai. That's pretty cool. He was supposedly like excelled in every field he did. I was like, I was like, I, up I have like, got significantly worse reviews, but oh yeah, people don't like the second one nearly as much. People, a lot of people, surprisingly, really like this game. Like I was surprise when i asked for questions which we'll be reading later a lot of people were very positive about this game and i'm just curious anyone played it recently but it there were a lot of fairly well i could definitely say like just like you were saying earlier mike that you know i i remember playing the the demo disc well i remember playing the game (laughs) the i but i thought i was playing the full game but it must have just been the demo Hmm. well FF8 now, playing, I now playing the full game, it's like, you know, I really do like this, but, you know, controls are really clunky. It, it, the platforming is brutal. Mm. You know, yes, I, I mean, normally I you don't die, die if you fail. more to falling off the edges than getting hit oh, by God. bad guys. Yeah, there's so much platforming <laughs> in this game. And it's it's uh, like that. The I perfect. think to me, that was the weakest part. Just because the game controls very poorly, and so it's very, it was like extra hard for me <laughs> to like, to navigate those areas. The way I compared this game is, you got you know like the Reese's commercial, you got platformer my RPG, you got RPG in my platformer is the best way to describe this game. <laughs> yeah, That's what but felt. it's like the platforming is like the Reese's that has like been in the pantry for a year, <laughs> and like it's like it hasn't really gone bad, but it's just not right anymore. <laughs> Just, well, and it's in that era of you know, just like you know, Mega Man Legends was, and but where these, it's in the era of early, early 3D platformers where you know the the genre was very hit and miss. Yeah, and you had a lot of the you know classic 2D games trying to bridge the gap into into 3D world, and some new hitters like like Musashi. And, yeah, it's. I mean, like, it, like it was standing. Out. I mean, this is the same year as, um, like, Xeno Gear. I mean, this is '98, so there's a thousand games that came out in '98. But it's like the same year as uh, Star Ocean, the Second Story, and Xeno Gears and Panzer Dragoon. Yeah, it, it's I played. Which two of I, them. I didn't. I hadn't uh, thought of this before, but some of the reviews that I was watching on YouTube in preparation for this made mention of how, like, this this game came. 
was put out by Square between Final Fantasy VII and Final Fantasy VIII. Yeah, so that's very true. much a like it was not a, a hallmark project for them. Yeah, it's, it was, but you can tell they like to make fans coming. It's, it's and, but at the same time, they had made clear that they were hoping for Musashi to be on par with Zelda. That it was gonna. Oh wow! It's not. Uh, it, it's not. But that's... There, are, there are actually some reports saying that that Square wanted Musashi to be a, a Legend of Zelda killer. <laughs> you know, it's it's definitely not. But that's something you have to appreciate about early Square, where I I don't want to say Square doesn't care now because I think they certainly do care about their games clearly. But it's like Square back in the day was one of those companies that just. Like, you know, they gave a shit. They gave so much shit about every single thing they mm-hmm. did to say, like, OK, we're going to put this out in between two of our biggest RPGs of our all time. But we still want to put the time in and, like, make it stand out, make it unique and give it some give it some charm. Yeah, it's definitely not a Zelda killer, but you can feel that there was there was like intent behind this. Because yeah, Ocarina of Time isn't too long after this, I want to say, right right around this time, Ocarina. I can't remember Let's what year. See. Yeah, I think so. It is close. This came out in July of 98. Yeah. October here. Oh, so this came out in October of 98. And then Ocarina of Time came out in November. So it actually came out right before it. Oh, okay. Yeah, so on. The, I, I imagine then, like with that in mind, it makes a lot of sense them saying this is going to kill Zelda because up to that point the only Zelda games were 2D and I mean yeah. like Ocarina of Time like fucking changed everything so yeah and then Ocarina of Time comes out and it's like now this is what 3D platforming is yeah they like, probably saw they were come out they were like well we've lost <laughs> let's go home they could make Final Fantasy games forever I they, they do for a while a they couple of things I do want to say about, about Chapter 4. You also have the Ice Palace, because, of course, RPG, you got to have a nice place. got to have a nice palace. I did yeah. not. I didn't like it. But you get shoes really quick that let you not slip around. I'm like, it's this nest. Because you get, throughout this game, we haven't mentioned, you get legendary armor, which gives you stupid abilities that aren't really that useful for the most part. But you can get them throughout the game. You'll find junk. Some junk you sell. Some junk is the arm that you can use that will lead to better things. Seems to be a running theme with uh, the games we play on this show is ice areas that immediately give you something that nullify the ice. Dark forces. <laughs> it's happened. Yeah, it happened in Dark Forces. It happened in like a couple other games we played. It didn't happen in. It wasn't Castlevania. We, we played another game that was very similar, where it was like, okay, this is the ice area, and immediately like, oh, right, here's the shoes. So the ice area is no longer an issue. It's like, why I even? Can't remember. I don't think the ice area. Yes. And let's also, you know, give mention to the other hallmark of early, early, you know, JRPGs, the something, you know, something's about to blow up. You, you need to go fix it. Yeah. Events. Like, it's like the very beginning of Final Fantasy VII, where it's like, oh, everything's blowing up. You gotta get the hell out. Which I, in this game, the first, you have, there's several of them. The first one is easily the worst, where you have to fix the, the steam tree. Oh God! It's gonna blow up in 24 hours. But if you actually look at the 24-hour counter up in the corner, and it's going by like it's counting down by half seconds. Okay. All right. Yes. This actually was driving me insane. I thought I couldn't tell if like my <laughs> game was broken or what. There's a point where like yeah, a, a clock comes on later too. 
I think it's I think it's John who you like come across and he's like, yo, you have to go like do this thing in 12 minutes and 12 minutes shows up in the top right of the screen and it counts. Oh, no, down that's so when you have to fast. get the medicine for for the little kid and you yeah. have to get it in 12 hours. Yeah. And it's like it, the time is going so quickly. And I'm like, what is is my yeah. game broken? What is wrong? It's so bizarre that it's it gives you 12 hours, but it counts down at like I, I guess that was part of their their mechanic of saying like okay if we make 12 hours last 12 minutes that's too long which to be fair games do that like i think gta is uh the early gta's were like really bad about that i think where it would go from like day to night very fast yeah we'll find out um like gta 3 it's like an hour was the the like that kind of set the stand for an hour is a minute (laughs) yeah (laughs) like to go back to a game where an hour is only 30 seconds it's like holy shit like I don't. I feel like I have no time. Yeah, it's the in-game give you time, time so pass is really weird. Yeah, like it's, the. Uh, I think strange. my current save file, the in-game time says I'm on day 38, but I have only six hours of game of play. Yeah. It's a. Uh, it's one of those things where <laughs> I wonder if they said, okay, 24 hours is going to be 24 minutes, and then they put all the clocks in and they like figure that out, and then somebody down the line was like, 12 minutes is too long to do this task. So let's just speed up the days so that twelve uh, a full day is actually only twelve minutes. And they were like, okay, and then they just didn't go back and look at the clocks. And so well, and here's the real dirty part: like with those timer events, the timer that you see up in the corner does not count does not count at the same rate as the you know in game clock that's oh, down at the bottom. Yeah, so they are not consistent with another. There's small things. It's just like. It just needs like remaster this game and and, and tweak it a little bit. Just crank up the uh, crank up the quality just a tiny amount, and I think it would do very very well. But I do <laughs> gotta say that one boss I did enjoy, which is not everything in this game. I like the ice dragon; he looked cool as hell, and it yeah, also kind of cool fit fight. the theme of these boss fights, where it's in three different areas. You fight them in one spot, then you gotta fight them as you're running across a hallway. Or across a bridge, then you have to fight him in this final room. Then the room drops down. Then you can finally fight him and hurt him. Like it was, it was very cool fighting the frost dragon. And this is yeah, one of the parts of the fights. He's like coming in from off the screen. And I mean, yeah. you know, I'm a you know, I'm a sucker for those boss fights that are like when bosses are so big <laughs> they can't fit on the screen. I think that's so cool. Yeah, I know more. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, like he's coming in from the top of the screen and he's just like he is taking up so much room. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it, it gives you some anxiety, but it's like, it's just yeah. really cool, too. Well, and that's just a testament to the, the different bosses you encounter. You know, it's, they were uh, really, I didn't like them, but they were very cool. So that's, yeah, it's definitely, you know, no two bosses are the same. That's for yeah. sure. Everything yeah. is unique. And that's, that's good. I mean, it's better to be unique. I think it's, I think generally as a rule, in my mind, it's better to be unique and kind of fail. Than to just do the same boss fight that's in every game and succeed. Yeah, like, can we play Parasite Eve too? <laughs> well, we'll get there. <laughs> that's a unique game, all right. I think. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I might end up eating those words because of this podcast, but <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll find more weird shit. That's the reason I picked this game. Oh, this game is weird. Let's see if Stuart Stu thinks. I know Mike is now like actively searching for weird games for me to play, and like my my list for like next season is. The most like normal games that everybody knows. <laughs> I was like talking to some people about. I'm like, yeah, and these are just these are very standard games. I have a very boring pick for the yeah, person who always. 
excels on or excels on how uh, great weird games are. Our next our next season is is very it will be interesting. Yeah, but um, I like how about uh, ants. Do you like ants? I don't like ants. I found out. Um, what? generally I like ants in video games, but in this game they're a little annoying. <laughs> Come to think of it, I don't know <laughs> oh. that I've ever liked a, like ants in games. Uh, always, they seem to just they they don't make good bosses. What about uh, Half Life? Like Defense Half Life I don't remember them in Half Life. I don't never played Half Life. Uh, they show up for a little bit in Half Life Two, and they show up more in the like episode well, two. Yeah, that's right. In Half Life Two, there's the ant lions. Yeah, and then like the ant lion uh, queen shows up in the the other games. Yeah. I uh, those I, are, I think I'm it's really of, uh, um, Earth Defense Force. Oh yeah, no, those are the ants in that game. <laughs> But those, those and is that what makes you think of your brother? Him and his damn defense force. <laughs> oh, he loves it. Yeah, he I, I see pulls all the time. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I really I love Earth Defense Force. <laughs> I do too. Those games are so wacky and strange and I just there's nothing like them. <laughs> I mean, the part that really made me angry this game was I was talking about ants, is you have a whole like chapter dedicated to fucking ants. Yeah. And you can't hurt some of them are just invincible, and you're running through this terrible mine, terrible platform. You can get fucking poisoned, which is god-awful, because he walks super slow like he's going to die, yeah. and you got to jump to move it at a better, at a more normal speed. It, it, oh, God, I was... I, was I would I'd load every time. If there was one point going through the mines where I was just... I'm not going to... I don't even care. It's going to take way too long to run back to town to buy another antidote because I'm all out of them. <laughs> but I do have one of the, an item that when you die, you recover all your health, heal oh, your status yeah. So I'm just going to keep jumping off this edge until I die and yeah. I'm not poisoned anymore. Oh, also part that we had forgotten about is just, oh God, now the memory lost me. Oh God. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I forgot what I wanted to say, but what I was going to say, like with the ants, I just hated it. Everything about fighting the fucking ants. Oh, I remember. Before you get to the ants, you have to re- you have to repair the gondola at one point in chapter four, and you have to get this gear. And I have a guy. The guy tells me grab the gear that looks like this. I had to grab all four gears, run back and forth five, six times before I finally got past it. And it took me an hour when it should have took me ten minutes. I was so pissed off. And I think that was a me personal thing. That wasn't the game. It was just me some having issues. Oh, that made me angry. Okay, back to the ants. Like, when you run through the tunnel with the ants, I was just nothing but irritated with the ant. And then you have a minecart part. It's kind of like the raft, but you're heading towards the screen, and you have to dodge ants and boulders. And my God, I don't know if that would have been possible without save states for me. I was dying. I was saving after every single one, and I still barely got through that. And I was getting hit so many times. Like, And you have to diagonally go through stuff, and it's hard to tell. Oh, anyone else? Have, do you have a problem with that, Stu? Or, um, not too badly. Okay. Um, I don't know. I, I, I didn't mind that section. It, it, again, it's it's like it, it worked well enough. It worked well enough, but it's like uh, I, I had to keep like this one of those games. I have to keep in my head saying, okay, this is how this is playing. How is this meant to work? Like, what was their intention for this area? So I was like, I'm having well. trouble with this. I see what they were going for, and it was really interesting, but it was. Definitely annoying after a while. Okay. It, it was. So I haven't made it to that part yet, so I think I'm I'm at the point, the part where that Mike was just describing of 
going down in the mine and trying to find the right gear to fix the gondola. That's what I. That's where I see. Yeah. I like how many different it's areas not as show up in this game. Six or so, or six or seven. I feel like it's like seven. Like there's but, six chapters, but there's, there's different areas. Yeah, there's different areas in each chapter. Like each area you go to feels pretty fleshed out. There's there's the mountain, there's the forest, and then a few dungeons. Like there's the dungeon underneath the underneath the town. Yeah, I think um, the mines. I would say there's like seven because there's one for each scroll, the starting area, and then the final area. Because you find after you find the sky scroll, you go to the Thirst Quencher. Some of the scrolls though don't have like their their own area. They're just in like a new part of an existing area that you now have access to. But even that's like I like how all the worlds feel pretty unique. Like and they all make sense to their scrolls. Like you typically find the ice scroll in the icy area. The sky scroll is kind of up in the sky. With the fire scroll in the ice area. You find the water scroll at the bottom of a an underground lake. Yeah. And then you immediately go to a fire dungeon to use it. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you find the scrolls in the wrong areas, but I took that to be like I was like, okay, that's like an interesting little twist on this. Like the fire scrolls in the ice area. Why is that there? Oh, because you need the fire for the ice. Okay, that makes sense, I guess. You wouldn't really need a fire ability in a fire area. <laughs> but yeah, I like uh, I like how like theories have it's it's very Ocarina of Time where like each dungeon has its its overall theme. Mm-hmm. And then like the swamp and the um the mountains, you have, you know, the ice area, the fire area. These little like <laughs> basically this kingdom is just in a total calamity. All JRPG kingdoms are surrounded by chaos. <laughs> It's just like, oh yes, like don't go north. That's where the like that's the desert where everything catches on fire. <laughs> uh, and I mean, even like the last in the last part when you finally get the side. Oh wait, I should finish up the ant part. And I had a really hard time f- fighting the queen of ants too. Like the first time I played it, I got my ass handed to me. Even though I was using safety, I still got fucked up. And I was like, screw this, I'm done. Because she has an attack that will automatically kill you, I want to say. Where she grabs you, pulls you into her chest, and you just get stabbed to death till you die. Like, I yeah. don't think there's a way out of it. Uh, Other than having enough health to tank it. No, you, you just automatically die, I think. Like, really? it, 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 she will just kill you. She'll hold you until you die. Because the guy at least said, you get caught, you're dead. Don't get caught. So maybe I'm wrong. I didn't find out because I just loaded it every time. <laughs> it, you fight on her belly, and you have to jump over her and fight Megas that she spawns until she doesn't attack, until you hit her enough times in the head after each cycle, and then you can hit her hit her weak spot, and, you know, it did a lot of that. But that fight broke me. I couldn't imagine doing it without save states. <laughs> this game has a, um, I tried to look up, like, a bunch of information on this game, because sort of behind the scenes, usually when we play a game, I'll, like, I'll pull up a wiki and... I'll like go through the game's wiki and like information that people post in there. That's where I get like a lot of the trivia and stuff. I don't know it off the top of my head. And this game's What's wiki it? is just uh like desperately underwritten. Well, this is an underrated game too. Like this is not Very. a well-known RPG. Yeah, I was just surprised though because I was like I looked well, it up. Yeah. And I was like, surely I was like I know this game is underground, but it does have a following. And I wouldn't know. I wouldn't go so far to say as like it's a cult classic, but people play this game still. Yeah, a lot of people do. Yeah, I was surprised how many people have when responded later to me. I'm going to read for this game. Like there, there are a lot of people who have very fond memories of this game. Yeah, and Square Enix says like I've seen the character Musashi in some stuff they've done, like some like look back videos. 
So like clearly they give a shit about this character. So I was very surprised because I was like, oh, there's like the wiki is like it barely has any information on like the main characters. <laughs> like there, I, it looks like like one or two people have written in it, and that's pretty much it. So my my uh, call to action for all the Musashi fans out there is uh, go fill out that wiki. That's the that's usually a sign of a good game. If it has a full wiki, then it's a game that people care about. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's a good game. Fallout has a full wiki, and that's not a good. Game. Uh, hey now. <laughs> <laughs> Stalker has like an insanely detailed wiki. It's a good game. It's just hard. I love Stalker. I do. Uh, I don't love Stalker. I, I never want to play it long, again, but spent a lot of time on that wiki. But yeah, I was like trying to look up information. <laughs> I was like, I can't find like anything on this game. I was like, I could find a fair amount of walkthroughs and stuff. I was like looking up. I was like, there's a fair amount of speed runs, there's a fair, fair amount of a uh, fair amount of walkthroughs and game packs and stuff on it. It's like <laughs> it's just it's like um it's missing a presence, I think is like a, the biggest thing. It's got like some stuff out there, but I feel like if people like it and they want it to come back, I don't know. Maybe it just needs to be like the zeitgeist again. Oh, <laughs> and like one of the big turning points for me, like what made me kind of like, like why I call this game very epic is chapter six. I felt was super fucking epic because all, because throughout the game, every time you get to a chapter, you see a cutscene that shows you the thirst quencher empire. And there's like this castle somewhere else. Yeah. And you don't realize that <laughs> the castle is in the sky. Yeah. It's a floating castle. It is and, uh it is essentially a metal gear plot twist. Yeah. <laughs> like when you get the sky twists. It is. And all of a sudden the Thirst Quencher Empire floats over to you and it's gigantic considered the tower you're on. It's already big. throws out pipe, sucks out the energy out of your thing you're on, and that is and you run over into the Thirst Quencher Empire castle floating island it was just he Please, runs out like, of it's called, the, it's called the soda fountain oh yeah soda <laughs> fountain. yeah it's this it's this world's version of like outer heaven the soda fountain it was cool though it was yeah. really cool it's, that um, whole last area as hard as it is was very epic it's definitely I mean, it feels like something right out of a final fantasy game in fact i would say mm-hmm. They did something very similar. I think it's Final Fantasy XII has almost the same like uh, plot point in it where they're like, oh, we need to like invade this city. And they're like, where is this city? And that's what somebody tells you. Oh, the city is floating in the sky. It like travels to different places. And you're like, oh, OK. That's also in Xenogear, something like that, too. Yeah, it's a I mean, it's a cool little anime JRPG trope. Of, we have to get to this kingdom. Where is it? I don't know. It moves. <laughs> it was. It pulled a track. It was. It, it that's also when I started finally using the abilities the enemies give you, <laughs> because if you don't, you will not be able to get very far in that final area because your swords are completely useless. And mm-hmm. these little monsters you fight, all the soldiers and things, they will fuck you up if you're not using their abilities on them. Is this um, this is is this before or after the reveal with John? Uh, this is before. It's got to be before. Before, the before. Of John is like John's not until the end. Into the final yeah. We should explain. Fight. Uh, who John is because we've I've referenced I can do it. List. Okay, John is a guy that you meet very early in the game in the first chap in the in the second chapter. He's in stocks in the town. You rescue a dog is one of your first missions, and then you have to get a key in a grave that he buried and hid to get him out mm-hmm. of the stocks. Get him bread <laughs> and water. He helps you periodically. He's a treasure hunter throughout the game. Yes. Okay. Yeah, he like he keeps showing up. He helps, to... helps point you towards the the next scroll. And... Yeah, I like the logic of that first little bit where he's in the stocks. And he's like, "Don't worry, I've got a key." It's like, why didn't you hide the key if you knew you were gonna be in the stocks? 
Why would you closer? hide the key on your person? Or at least maybe like nearby, not like in a whole forest away in a freaking <laughs> no, forest not even nearby. Maze? If you're gonna be, if you're gonna be in a situation where, hey, I need this key to stocks, just it's like, it's like saying, oh, like I've hidden a handcuff key. You don't want to hide it. if you have a handcuff key to get out of handcuffs. The only time you're ever going to need it is if you're in handcuffs and you won't be able to go get the key. You want that on your person. Like, why would you hide? It's like, oh, I'm going to like, don't worry if they lock us up. I've hidden a key in the dungeon. OK, now that we're in the dungeon, how do we get it? Oh, I, I didn't make that. I gave it to my mother-in-law. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't bring it with you to the dungeon? What's wrong with you? I like John, though. He's like, yeah, he's he's a treasure hunter, but he's very chill. He's very like everything that happens to him. He doesn't seem that phased by, which I thought was really oh. funny. So he's got uh, like that kind of personality swagger of like the um, like slam poetry guys. Yeah. And the fact that he's like voiced by Steve Blum just makes it even funnier to me. This is voice actor. small round sunglasses. And- yeah. It's very like every time Steve Blum came plays a character, it's a very like serious. I mean, sometimes goofy, but like typically it's a very serious or like kind of like um, just like a character that has a lot of presence. And then John's just like I'm a treasure hunter. And you're like, uh, oh, like, do you want me to go find some treasure for you? And he's like, ah, yeah, I mean, I guess if you want to. Sure. You can find the treasure. He's like, ah, man, you can keep it. I don't care. You're <laughs> bad at this, dude. You're bad at your job. <laughs> well, I mean, he's lying to you, so. You know, that's, that's true. Yeah, he part does. Of it. Yeah, like he's like giving you his dog, and he's just like, ah, whatever will be, will be. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's yeah, great. It turns out later, <laughs> you find out more. But yeah, <sighs> what I think, like, even like I, I had a hard time with a boss fight that I don't think I should have. When you're up in the sky, you fight these two thieves that we hadn't mentioned. You run into earlier, but they don't matter. They're just two idiots. <laughs> I had a really hard time with the bigger one, Ben, where he would fly around the room, drop bomb, then you hit him. I just got my ass. I had to use like four healing items, and I'm like, wait, what am I doing? Is that, um. I just did that fight completely wrong. Like Topo or whatever? Yeah, I think Topo's the second guy that. I, I had no problem with that fight, but Ben was the hard one for me. Because I okay. think I, w- I was using Lumina, which is your bigger sword, but it hits slower, and I think I should have been using Fusion, <laughs> the small katana like sword, because then he stuns the bosses, and then you keep hitting them. Yeah. I, I, did not, uh, I didn't get his thing. Like, so yeah, there's flies around, there's like, bombs, stands there and shoot. Like there's there, there's your your three protagonists or your three heroes are Musashi, Princess Filet, and uh John Capicola. And then your bad guys are like tequila, Bordeaux, liquor, and brandy. It's like, okay, <laughs> the good guys are named after food, and there's Musashi. <laughs> and then the the bad guys are named out of drinks. And then there's like three other people working for the bad guys named Topo, Ben, and Ed. And I was like, are those names supposed to be references to something i don't understand they probably changed them i why well, don't know because the, and then like the, like the character shows up and he doesn't really look like anything in particular like he's like a fat guy he doesn't have a nose kind of like i, I was just like okay is he like I, I couldn't tell i was like is he supposed to look like a fish or a frog or something because he's wearing green and he's got kind of like a frog shaped hat on well it's like ben isn't really a frog name i don't get his thing yeah like, you should have named him, like, Hopper or something, if he's meant to be a frog. <laughs> well, because I guess they're not part of Thirst Quencher Empires. They don't get liquor names, I guess. So you only right. are named after food if you're from <laughs> All You Can Eat, and you're named after yeah, yeah. drinks if you're from uh, Thirst Quencher. And if you're from anywhere else, you're just named whatever. Yep, pretty much. Okay. Or like, you have, matter. like, because in the village, it's, it's like, 
Hotel Mint is her name. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay. Because her name is Mint, and she's the daughter of the hotel owner. So she's yeah. Hotel Mint. It's it's like that old thing where like your name uh, came from what your job was. She's Except Hotel just, just taken to a, a, a next level. <laughs> it's just a stupid extreme. Yeah, it's... I, I didn't get the, like... They should have had a thing, but I guess like if they had a thing that would have made them more important in the scheme. I don't know. It was confusing. But really, well, the only thing they have is they steal the they steal the church bell, <laughs> which, yes. stupid into, too, which is very important to the story <laughs> for some dumb reason. <laughs> then, like, like Ed is a kid, but yeah, he has, like, he's. I like that boss fight though. I couldn't tell if he was meant to be like a short man or a young child. And then I looked I up a like, young child. Well, yeah, I looked up concept art of him and he's like a kid wearing like uh, I, I, he's a kid and the concept art is him wearing platform shoes, which is it's just a nice little character touch. <laughs> um, he's, he's just a stupid fight. Like he just shoots a laser at you, jump over it a bunch of times and you smack him and he wasn't too difficult. But then like that made more sense to me then after I saw it, I was like, oh, he's a kid. That makes sense because he has a he has a stutter throughout the entire game. I was like, why does he have such a bad stutter? That's such a weird thing to give him this like over the top stutter. I was like, oh, he's like a very young child. So that kind oh, of makes sense. I think we have to mention the best boss fight in the whole game. That's after that. this. We dance. Right? Oh, you have a dance off. Dance or die. Yeah. yeah. Dance or die. I always thought she had. Okay. So the way this fight, you go into a room and. And and she's like, you wouldn't hit a girl, would you? And he's like, oh, man, you got me. I wouldn't yeah. do that. I never <laughs> so considered stupid. that before. <laughs> like, so literally, the whole that's fight. what your character does is, oh, uh, damn, you got me. It's like, you've been killing everything, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so this Very fight funny. is she will do a dance where she hits square, X, triangle, or circle. And then she'll show you the song, and then you have to dance with her and hit the buttons. And I thought, okay, this won't be so bad. I fucked up so many times trying to uh, copy her. And you're watching her do it as you're copying her. It's almost at the same time she does. It's very annoying. And then also, like, you don't have to be exact, but you're pretty close. Um, It's not like it's not like typical Simon says where she does it and then you copy her. Like you've got to kind of follow her along. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's tough. Here's my question is like you beat her in the fight and she's like, darn, I guess you win. And then you leave. And then she dies from her legs. break. Yeah. Her legs legs dancing (laughs) against you. Well, I could like, my legs are broken. I could never rave again. Yeah. She's like, that's it for me. Like I'm, I'll never dance again. And then she like falls over and she's never seen again. I'm like, did she die? Did I just kill her with dance? What happened? <laughs> I can't. I was really. It was so stupid. I, I really want Stefan's opinion on on this. Like he didn't get there anyway. But I was, I was really waiting for him to get this far. I love. <laughs> I I hate the I hate the boss fight. I love the concept of it. I love that it's it's a completely different way to beat a boss in the middle of this game. That's hilarious to me. Well, the whole but chapter six. I was so confused just... because they tried to tell a story with their like with the three polygons they had. <laughs> it's like I don't. She falls over and then she's done. And it's like okay, you you your game isn't visually clear enough. You need to have a line after this that says what happened to her. You can't just be like oh she's gone forever. Like she died. I guess she's I guess she's just forever beaten. You broke her legs with your sick moves. Like, what the fuck <laughs> happens? It's so confusing. I was like, all right, I guess, I guess that's the end of her. Very strange. 
it wasn't my my favorite but it, it, i mean i got pissed off the first time i did it and then i slept came back the next day and did it pretty quickly but a little one of those kind of things what they needed to do to make this like make more sense is because if you if you mess up she will like there's like a giant like electric fence that she'll damage you with essentially so what they needed yeah. to do to make that whole thing make sense is okay the fight the it's a cutscene. The dancing starts. You mess up. You get shot. That way, you know you know the stakes of the fight. At the end of the dance, she like because she failed, she gets electrocuted, and you win. It's like okay, now I know what happens. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bizarre. Agreed. And that's like that's a very simple way to fix that problem. <laughs> yeah, it just didn't feel. I don't know. And then I mean, but again, the lot of chapter six is a bunch of boss gauntlets. A bunch of running around doing stupid puzzles and you're using the sky scroll constantly where you can float over spikes and over things. And then you get yeah. to the Crest Guardian Tower of Death. Yeah. Which is a fucking tower that shoots laser beams at you and is rotating you and like has like six or seven pieces. You have to fly up and down to try to find the blue one and hit the blue one as it keeps going through different attacks. It's, it's a weird boss fight. I did not enjoy it. It's, I, it's so strange. But... <laughs> That don't matter. But after you, it's after you defeat the last guardian, and that's when you find out that these the whole point of all these crest guardians was to lock in Dark Lumina, which is a wizard that was inside yeah. the sword or something like. That. Yeah, yeah. You the, big the wizard of darkness. Is, uh, the wizard but of you darkness. You don't even is not sealed by the sword, but sealed inside the sword. Oh, yeah. and that whole scene is, I think they threatened to shoot Princess Filet. So he just gives them the sword. Okay, here you go. You win. I'll let you destroy the world to save her. Yeah, because I <laughs> love her, I guess. It's so stupid. And <laughs> then, the and then he just throws her. her. <laughs> he, he just throws her off the balcony and she bounces off the floor and he runs over. Are you okay? Like, yeah, I don't think she's it's okay. So, it's she's tied so up. Funny because the, the you know polygons that make up her character don't move at all. It's just, it looks like just this doll. Yeah. Just been thrown across the room. Which is it? This isn't the point where earlier in the game she earlier in the game in another section where she's kidnapped. That's when she summons a uh, Kojiro, right? Uh, Kojiro is somewhere in this game. You fight him one time. I don't remember who summoned him or whatnot. Well, um, Filet summoned him because she was. This is another time when she was kidnapped. I was expecting him to come back at the end because half he does. The game, he does of, come back at the end. Kind of. Not like uh, I, I, I was expecting uh, him to be part of it, but halfway through the game they set up this thing and they just never really pay it off in the way you expect or like how they should i think personally mm-hmm. where filet is kidnapped and um she's being held hostage by i think uh i think Topo or not topo the the um chick who is it ginger ale the vampy chick um yeah. okay bubbles yeah uh no i think it's ginger ale ginger ale <laughs> But she's like, I know what I'll do. Like, I, I like that she's like, she's not just helpless. She's like, I know what I'll do. I'll summon another hero to help me out. And so that way there'll be two heroes in this. And I was like, okay, what are they going for here? And she summons somebody who looks just like Musashi, but wearing red instead of blue or red instead of purple or whatever. And she's like, oh, like, you're the brave hero. You're here to save me. And he's like, no, I'm Kojiro. And she's like, but you're the brave hero. Oh, you're, she's like, you're the brave hero Kojiro who... Like was also a famous character in our history. <laughs> he's like he's also young because she screwed up the summon again. And she's like, no, 
my only goal is to duel Musashi. She's like, but I'm a princess and I'm captured. He's like, I don't care. <laughs> I just want to defeat Musashi. And then you fight him and beat him like easily. And like just shit talk him the entire time where he's like, he's like, you're the you're the reason I have this scar on my head. And you're like, no, the reason you have the scar on your head is because you tripped and fell when you're running away from me. And <laughs> So I was expecting him to come back at this point in the game, but then like he's just done. Like that's that's kind of it for him, like story wise. Until the end, yeah. Until the very end. Until like, the end where he comes back and he says, Haha, I'm not dead. I still yeah. want to duel you. And yeah, like, I don't care. absorbs him. Yeah. Oh, it, I, I do want to like, talk about like part of me was like I expected Kojiro to be a much bigger enemy in the game where he was like going to keep coming back and I was going to keep fighting him. But the fact that you fight him first and you kick his ass and then he comes back a second time and immediately gets absorbed in Dark Vision, I was like, that's kind of hilarious. <laughs> that's kind oh, of the funniest thing two, they could have done. Two things we hadn't mentioned is one, when you're about to, after the wizard is released, that's when you find out that John is actually Colonel Capricola, who is one of the villains of the Thirst Quencher Empire you've been seeing in these cutscenes throughout the entire game and he's yeah. shot in the back and dies. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's uh, that also is a very strange reveal well, because yeah, part of, the other part of that reveal is that John Colonel Capricola is really John, and John is the real, the rightful prince of the Thirst Quencher Kingdom that yeah. Fuhrer Flatsky and Fuhrer Flatsky killed his parents. Yes, and <laughs> it's it's a very odd reveal. And I was actually, I was really into that part of the story, but I was like, what is, uh, part of my brain was like, this is very strange. And I can't, again, it's like they got three polygons in the fucking characters. So I couldn't tell exactly what was happening because he's like, he shows up and he's like, don't you remember me, Flatsky? He's like, no, why should I? I was like, all right, I'm getting some like M. Bison vibes here. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> she's like, you killed my parents. And he's like, I've killed a lot of people's parents. Are you sure that it was your parents I killed? I was like, okay. Maybe it was. Just a Tuesday for him. I was like, that's pretty funny, though. That's a pretty funny line in there. It's like, <laughs> how can you be sure I killed your parents? I've killed a lot of parents. It's like, okay. All right, Blasky, I'm coming around on you. <laughs> You've got some... And got then, and he goes, the moment after that, he gets stepped on by the dark wizard he summoned. He well, steps on, like, oh, you're done. Well, no, the part right after that that I love is he's like, how about now? And he's like, do you recognize me without my hat? Or with my hat, he's like he's not wearing a hat, and he puts his hat on, <laughs> and the guy's like, "It's such a bizarre line." Like you can see his hair, and he's like, "How about now?" And he puts on a beanie, and Flatsky's like, "Is that a hat?" Oh, now I know who you are. It's, like, what it's the impossible. Fuck is going on? So, it's so strange. And, and Flatsky. Oh, and the other grand part of it all is Flatsky is the only one in the whole Thirst Quencher Empire that has this ridiculously over-the-top German accent. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> everyone else sounds like they've all got their own little, like, little things going on, like, uh, Topo's kind of party girl, like, let's dance or die! And Vampy's like a little, um, I don't even know how to describe her. She's just very, Rufric like... Rufric is, like, southern redneck. And... Yeah, like, very heavily, <laughs> like, oh, we gotta snap this, like, very hard, very hard redneck. And then just, like, they're led by this, like, over-the-top German and then John just sounds like Steve Blum. <laughs> it's, it's such a like, bizarre thing. Like, but do you recognize me now? Oh, Capicola. Did the prince always wear a beanie? I have a lot of questions. 
was the prince always wearing a beanie? Guys? Like when he was twelve and you killed his parents, was he wearing a beanie then? And you would never recognize him if he changed his hair or just took his hat off. Like, and, how, and how old was he when you killed his parents? Like, yeah. When did this happen? What's going on? Like, I need some backstory. <laughs> the game just gives you so little. It's like, because, I mean, the flashbacks are him not like, he's not like a child. It's, it, it, it's so weird. Like, the implication is kind of that this all happened a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> and just by taking off like the prince's lucky beanie, no one could recognize him. And then he yeah, he just gets shot, and like that's it. Like that's the end of that storyline. It's like what? Okay, I guess we're just we're just moving on. <laughs> and my friend is like, I can't tell if I'm annoyed by this or if this is like the funniest fuck you I've ever seen in the game. Of like Kojiro comes back, he gets killed. John's got a whole story, but he gets killed. It doesn't matter. Like, it's just. We don't give a shit about your expectations. That's not what this game is for. This is all a joke. Have fun. It's like, okay. I don't I don't know what's happening, but let's just fight the Dark Wizard. Which, I mean, also, the Dark Wizard. Did a good job. Yeah. You want to describe him? Um, um, the Dark Wizard comes. He's like this giant, you know, troll kind of guy. Yeah. At first. <laughs> well, like, you don't. Part. <laughs> you don't fight. You don't really fight that first his first form. You just run away from him. A wild run, like you run, and jump, and platform, and get chased, and things fall apart, and it just gets a little crash. This whole ending is epic as hell. Like first you have to run from him, then when you finally get after you get done running for like ten, fifteen, it felt like ten or fifteen minutes, maybe it wasn't, but running from him, you finally get up to the top of this tower, and that's when Kojiro. Sh- Shows up and gets eaten by the dark wizard. Pretty much yeah. absorbed into him. Yeah. And he becomes a, a giant green dragon. Yeah. <laughs> I really like this fight. Like, you just have to jump up, hit him in the face enough times, and then he'll do another attack, get tired, and you can hit him for real. But I really like that fight. That's another thing that needs to be set up. Because, yeah, it's, it's... he Like, he looks like Satan. <laughs> and it's like, okay. Yeah, he does. He looks like Satan. I'm like, all right, like it's bad guy in a JRPG looks like Satan. That's fine. Like I, well, I can get behind that. And then yeah, Kojira gets stomped on and he turns into a dragon. Like what? I don't. Why did that happen? <laughs> like, and his green dragon form is like right there on the case on the case of the game. Yeah, like what on this the cover art. Again, it's it's a small tweak, but what they needed to do was I like how the the leader of Ginger Rail, the leader of the Bambies, is also on it. It's like, <laughs> why did you pick those characters? But but yeah, like the, it, it's just a tiny thing they need to do to like fix that to make make sense. Where Kojiro is introduced and he has a line that says like like oh Musashi is like the famous like blue dragon samurai, and I'm the green dragon samurai, and I'll duel him to determine which dragon is the best. And then he gets like absorbed by the dark wizard, and that's where it turns him into a green dragon. That would make sense to me. I mean, it's still like JRPG logic, but it sets it up. It's yeah. just like the whole it's end of this game is like, logic. yeah, the whole end of this game is like, ah, fuck your story, like whatever. <laughs> like, what do you? What about? What's my next goal as the player? Ah, fuck you, fight a dragon. I don't care. <laughs> like, go to hell. <laughs> it felt like Square was angry at me for some reason. I didn't understand why. It's just like they gave me nothing I... to go on. That fight is weird, but also, and 
You mean I mean, the there's not a whole lot to talk about the dragon, nice. but we gotta talk about when you get to fight, and then all of a sudden you find out you're playing Dragon Ball Z, and Frieza shows up. Yeah, that's, that's all I can think of. But he goes into his final form and it says finale across the se- across the screen. He yeah. looks like fucking Frieza. Yeah. I know you were thinking it. I yeah, it's it's pretty hard. I hadn't to... thought it before, but when I saw you put that in the in the show notes, I, I lost it. <laughs> Yeah, he he started transforming, and it's just so bizarre. It's so weird. First of all, when you're fighting him as the giant giant green dragon, you're fighting him with what looks like a giant like turnstile. Like it, it looks like you're fighting him on a big vinyl album. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. It's got like green shit, like green crystals everywhere, and it's like part of the fight, I guess. But like, okay, I don't understand why he's a dragon now, but I'll fight him. And then he turns into freeze. I'm like. What is happening? I don't. I was like, I don't. I'm not following this game anymore. I was like, up to this point, I was kind of following the story. Yeah, there's some stuff that like they like messed up a little bit or like didn't get communicated very well. But now I'm fighting Frieza and I'm like a tiny Sarah. I don't know what's why this is the way it is. Why am I fighting Frieza? Why did Kojira just die? What happened to John? Am I ever going to get answers to the questions? And the answer is no, because nope. then you need him in the game just ends. <laughs> Well, it, it is, there is a little bit of, like, earlier on in the game, there's a bit of hinting that something's up with Lumina, like yeah. there's consciousness inside the sword, because the sword starts talking telepathically to Musashi, but it has this super robotic voice. It's got a little bit of a, um like, eco thing going on, like in Jack and Daxter, where there's this power that exists, but it's there. there's something quite, there's something a little wrong with it. Yeah. Like I like, there's a point where I thought like they were like, oh, it's not sealed, like within uh, Lumina. The Lumina is sealed within the sword. And I was like, wait, the the way that's worded when they first brought it up, I was like, wait, are they talking about the sword or are they talking about Princess Belay? Because they keep saying like they keep referring to the sword as a character now. <laughs> like I don't get what's happening. It, it it felt like they had a lot of ideas that like part like half their team was like let's make this joke game and the other half of the team was like just throwing out ideas and they didn't really meet in the middle or anywhere so they just like oh we'll just do everything i was like what is going on the sword is the bad guy and also like freezes here and and the princess is hanging out somewhere i guess she got captured again at some point. Yeah, see, but then, like, where is you, she during this fight? It's just, it makes no sense. Like, she's right below. You start the fight, like, all beat up. She tells you to go get him or something. Yeah. And then it's kind of implied, I guess, you, like, you grab her before, like, the whole... Yeah, just, there's this, classic, like, the classic tower JRPGs. that you're on overhangs, and she's on this ledge that's underneath yeah. it. In classic JRPG fashion, once you beat the final boss, uh, the whole base starts exploding. <laughs> Which I want to find it like, I think personally, that's. Frieza was destroying Namek to stop Musashi. That's why. I mean, that's what I thought. I thought he was just trying to destroy all these things. It makes total sense for that to happen to Frieza. (laughs) (laughs) Is that the reason Frieza's in the game? What the fuck is going on? For those that don't know what we're talking about, just Google Brave Fencher Musashi last boss and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's it's like Frieza mixed with like U2 or something. It's it's weird. It's, it <laughs> I want to no find sense. a way to um, do that for like myself in real life, though. Like when I die, I want my house to blow up. Like, you know, I'm like on my deathbed. Well, you can my do that. 
you just have to plan it a little way and then you blow up with it or something. Yeah, I'll do I'll get like one of the heart rate monitors and like once it flatlines and like the house starts exploding. And what I want to happen is like I flatline and I'm surrounded by my family. And then like a giant like I die, a giant clock reveals itself above my bed. It says like three minutes and they have to escape the house. Like I just want to go out like an anime boss, you know? You see when someday when you have kids, I'll make sure they listen to this episode. Yeah. No, 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 they can't know. I want this to be I want them to they, they should know they should be they should be prepared for this. Like just like in general, it'll be like, uh, like, you know, Mr. Miyagi and the Karate Kid, like throughout life. <laughs> I'm going to be like training them in ways that they don't understand. And then the giant clock comes up and they're like, we got to get the fuck out of this house. <laughs> the, the battle music's playing. We need to go. <laughs> oh, and I want to say you were like the ending of this game. He does rescue the princess and. I guess he after he goes back to the castle, the king and queen finally show up who have been on vacation this whole time. Yeah, who <laughs> have not been mentioned. Really they have stupid. Not been mentioned in the story. It's I not once. They they are not characters. They show up, and your first thought is, who are these people? That was my thought. They are not oh, mentioned at all. The this story begins with like people are trying to kill the princess. Not a single one of their servants says anything along the lines of like, oh, thank God the king and queen are out of the out of the castle. <laughs> it ends like a fucking high school movie ends where they show up and they're like like oh how was your birthday party and it's like was it her birthday i didn't even know that <laughs> like how was your like how was your party and the servants are like oh my god and she's like oh it was fine like shut up uh ribbon or whatever your name is ripson shut up like it, it was fine everything was fine like nothing happened and i don't know why she's lying to them because i fucking like <laughs> It's it's the high school movie party thing where like they had a massive party and the house got destroyed but magically the next day I guess everything is fine and back to normal. Like the kingdom that was floating above their kingdom that exploded and crashed presumably somewhere around like South Castle. <laughs> That's presumably there's still burning wreckage of soda fountain littering their kingdom. But she's like, "Oh no, nothing happened. It was all normal." They're like, "Hey, isn't that that sword that's been sealed away for 150 years? Why is that out here?" <laughs> oh, uh, uh, no reason. Just you know, looking at it anyway. We'll go put it back now. It's fine. It's, it's a weird <laughs> game. I got nothing. What? What? Why well, <laughs> go through understand. all that trouble? I if this is like, it's so difficult because I don't know if the game was meant to be a joke. I presumably it was meant to be funny, but I don't know if the whole game itself was meant to be a joke. Like I don't know if it was meant to be kind of like a conquers or like a, a banjo kazooie type thing. Where like that's what I would say. I I would say it's yeah, meant to be a that joke. sounds fair. But like, there's a difference between like a joke, like the game itself is funny, or the game itself is a joke on the audience. I mean, <laughs> I don't. I can't I can tell go with that. I can't tell. Like it, it seems like a very elaborate prank by Square, being like, "Haha, you played our joke game." <laughs> played our prank game idiot like i don't know what's going on i don't know if it's just like if it's a parody it's one thing it's like it feels like you put it on a podcast idiot yeah 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 now now you're talking about it for an hour you moron (laughs) i feel like square like oh god it's tough because i feel like it's a parody and it definitely is meant to be a parody at times but that part of my brain says did square like like fool us (laughs) it's square pulling on us and be like uh like you played our game, you moron. It wasn't even a real game. Like, doesn't make any sense. Why is Frieza in there? We don't know. Fuck you. Like, what, what happened? So many questions. Uh, well, you, someday we'll play the sequel that won't answer any of your questions. Yeah. It's, and Probably like the, not, the people who like the director of this, I don't think like really did anything else. Uh, I, I couldn't, uh, 
I think he directed Final Fantasy, like one of the Final Fantasy four, not Final Fantasy four, but one of like the extra games. Oh, the actors? No, the director. Yeah, it's called Let's The see. After Years. Final Fantasy uh, IV, The After he did, Years. He did Interlude. Final Fantasy IV Interlude. Oh, okay. He did a little part that came out on the Final Fantasy IV Complete Collection that was exclusive to the PSP that has... I, I should yeah. stop talking. But yes, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> fact, like, you also a, uh, he was also a advisor for the battles in Parasite Eve 2. So that has me worried. <laughs> Let's see. He was a, he was a co-producer on a lot of the side Kingdom Hearts games. Yeah, like that's a Yeah, that's a really heavy word. Well, it's yeah, it's it's like what is this guy did this? He did like a couple Batman games, old yeah. old Batman games. I don't think any of the ones we did on this show, but we did one Batman game on the show so far. Yeah, I don't think it was Batman Returns. No, I think it was just Batman in six. We didn't do Batman. We just did Batman. He did Batman Returns and Adventures of Batman and Robin. Yeah, so he didn't do either of those. So yeah, my question is like this guy clearly like he's clearly worked in the industry and like if he's doing if he's like producing and working on kingdom hearts then like i saw like he had a couple like batter battle planner thing so is he just like mm-hmm. the go-to battle guy but then is this like his little pet project of i want to make a game with like like different kinds of battles like this is my test i don't know it's, it's very strange <laughs> and then like he, the last thing he worked on was a yeah final fantasy 4 interlude and then like he left the industry so i don't know I can't ask him. I can't ask him what the deal with this game is. I'm left with so many questions. <laughs> All right. I think we should move on to questions, memories, or comments. Yes. Let's see if other people have similar questions. Oh, us. God. There were... Okay, I expected nobody to answer this, but first, I've... I got a lot more than I thought. First, from Overblood, I have a few memories I want to share. I, first I from got pretty intimidated when those responses started rolling through. Oh, there's more. <laughs> I get more worried whenever, like... If Mike picks a game that like I've never heard of, and I check and I see the post that like, does anyone have any like memories of this game? And I'll see like forty comments. I'm like, what the fuck? What are we getting into? <laughs> What's kind of close to this? Like, first one from Michael Hughes, friend of the show. He said, "I flip and love this." You're wrong. Everything from fusion, <laughs> mega manning different powers from enemies, collecting action figures, action figures of a lot of the characters, to saving residents of the castle. It has so many different systems and work, but it never feels overwhelming. Square did a solid job in this game, and it's a shame the series stopped after a vast departure from the first game, Musashi Samurai Legend. <laughs> um, I, mean, I don't disagree with you. <laughs> from Paul Rotloff, one of my top five PS1 games. It's so good. So really? you're telling me you only played one PS1? One game. Uh, any that's game that gives me telepathic bullets as a weapon is a win in my book. Okay, that's fair. Uh, Stephen McNeely, I'm having a demo with this game on it and played the hell out of, the, of that demo. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, from Mercedes Fairbrother, yes, I actually posted about this demo a month or two back. Unfortunately, I never saw that. Uh, Neil Hackle, I regret never trying this. Well, sir, you can buy it on PS3, play it on, you can buy it on PSN for PS3 or PS Vita only. Or you can Google. But I, uh, and this is another comment. Okay, the first comment read was from Michael Hughes where he praised this game. Then he actually went and played it to play along with his show. <laughs> his comment after that is I forgot how much I hate the part with the raft. Angry face. <laughs> yeah, that makes more sense to me. Yeah, he, he didn't know what he's talking about. So and this I have some other comments I want to read from the giant bomb group. I don't I was posting this group because sometimes I feel like they don't want to hear from me. But I did post, and I actually got a ton of response from these guys about really? the game, and I was really surprised. And normally, they ignore, they ignore me. Um, <laughs> but first one from Andrew Barrow. He said, 
was this the game where you could collect like in-game miniatures, like box action figures? Maybe I feel like I vaguely remember playing this with a friend of mine back around the time it would have come out. Yes, yes, you can. Yeah. Any point of it? Nope. <laughs> oh, but you can. And you can't like, like inspect them or anything. So <laughs> you just collect them, like. Like in a modern yeah. game, you collect little figurines and then you can go look at the figurines later. <laughs> this game, you just collect them. And from Ender Pendrake, this is funny. <laughs> so I scrolled past this fast and thought it was Shantae at first. He's talking about the cover of the game I posted. Oh, yeah. It does have a very <laughs> Shantae-esque cover. Uh, from Andrew Berger, said, I love this fucking game. Forgotten gem status for sure. Oh, this is a forgotten gem. I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah. And it's like a really low quality gem. And Clay... <laughs> Sir Little Turd. <laughs> That's what they call you at one point. I think it is. Uh, and as we kind of had mentioned this, but this guy brings it up. Alex Arona said, classic. Got it for the Final Fantasy VIII demo, but loved it. This came with a Final Fantasy VIII demo that is not exactly in the game. The demo is different than the actual game. But that's how a lot of people bought. That's the only reason a lot of people bought this game. Just like a lot of people bought Crackdown for Halo 3 Beta. Same idea. Yeah, but Crackdown was fun, too. <laughs> Look, everyone knows the best demo ever was uh, one. You have a public commando, and you get came with a demo for. Uh, or no, yeah, you, you it got Coder two, and it came with a demo for Republic Commando. You said Metal Gear Solid two wrong. Zone of Enders Metal Gear Solid two was the correct answer. Looking no, the best one was Coder mm-hmm. two and Republic Commando, and I will fight anybody I, who says otherwise. I, I can I, never I say anything bad about Republic Commando because Republic Commando gave us. About it's 5% still our best of all our downloads. Episode. So, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make any sense. It, like, anytime an episode does well, Republic Commando does as well. And I don't understand how. It's at 1,100 <laughs> something downloads right now. It's It's got like more legs than any other episode we've done. The I think next we just one is like, Pac Man World. It's clear what needs to happen. We just need to stop doing like different video games. We just need to talk about Republic Commando every week for the rest of our lives. <laughs> that's, that's the obvious solution. I don't, I don't know what solution All right. From Nick Locano, he said, great game, great soundtrack, great voice cast, fun, silly story, one of my absolute favorites. Okay. A lot of people that say is one thing we haven't mentioned yeah. and is very true to to Square's reputation that this game has a wonderful soundtrack. Except for the song that sounds like fucking Bizarre Love Triangle by New World. <laughs> like, that's all. Just get rid of If you remaster this game, get rid of that fucking song. And, the other, like, and I want to give a shout out. I say, just <laughs> a small touch on the, on the topic of the soundtrack. You pay close attention, you'll notice that the, uh, the overworld theme that plays when you're in the castle as you as you rescue the different musicians, their instruments start. I start oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they add. It's it. That's a yeah. I that was really cool actually. I really really like that. I mean, the guy who did the soundtrack of this was um. We didn't mention, but it was uh Joshi Sakido who did like the Final Fantasy games and stuff. He did Last Remnant. Like, like dude knows what he's doing. I actually played with headphones on most of this game, so I got irritated. I liked all the music except for the song that sounded like Bizarre Love Triangle. Yeah. Uh, and this one from Tony Carace said, I fucking love this game. I feel sorry for you, sir. But oh, he's cool. he's a, a cool. Facebook friend of mine. Um, he also is doing a podcast episode about this game. Eventually, he has a podcast called Hey, I Like That Game. I don't. Um, so looking for another podcast. Take, check him out. And also, he'll be doing this game, too. And he'll probably have more positive things to say than we might say here shortly. <laughs> Fun fact about the, uh, the... He's like, I can't wait to listen to you guys. I'm like, 
Yeah, you're gonna love it. Yeah. You might like this. Uh, like, fun fact about the composer for this game. Um, same guy who did the music for Metal Gear's uh, Metal Gear Two Solid Snake, which we played, and good Chrono Trigger good game. <laughs> Great game, amazing game, best game ever. Which may or might, we, may not be eventually on the show. It will be for sure. It's not as long as you think it is. I mean, I'm a little biased because I can probably beat that game in a day if I really want to. But it's not. It's it's a short RPG. We've got some longer episodes coming up to like test to see how uh, how well we can manage it. Like Kotor. Yeah, that's probably gonna be the longest one we've done. I imagine that's gonna be a four hour podcast. Uh, well, it depends. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We're a four hour podcast. Uh, but don't worry, the guests I have lined up for that one. We're talking about something for hours by ourselves. So yeah, like I said, it's gonna be a long. It's gonna be a two part episode. What's gonna happen? I'm gonna cut it in half and split it between that week and that same week. <laughs> but that's neat. No, you're not right now. From ta- from Travis McCory said they said, "What if Kirby but swords?" As a very <laughs> good way to put this game. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> what if Kirby? Right, but oh, you'll like this one from Jerome Castro. He said, "My memory of this is a, is in bits and pieces, but the nostalgic is there. Very polished game and so anime. Wouldn't you agree? Very polished wow. game. Yeah, this is um, you know I." <laughs> <laughs> this this it really is this is a uh, this is a hidden gem if the gym in question is like topaz. <laughs> that's, a, that's a joke for all the all the gemstone people out there. I mean, it's your memory's playing tricks on you, unfortunately. I mean, it, it's a, it's very anime, but it's not super polished. We still yeah. feel like that, unfortunately, it's anymore. Not. I mean, it might have felt good in 1998, but um, oh, it's and aged. Last comment to read from this particular group. And I have one more group, then we'll wrap up this section. From David Markowitz. I have Brave Fenshin, Musashi, and Star Ocean 2 sitting next to me right now. Play Star Ocean 2, put Brave Fenshin, Musashi back. That's the answer. Hey, I am. Um, <laughs> Star Ocean 2 is a good game, though. Star Ocean 2 is really good and really fucking long. Until you get to the end of the game, then it just sucks. But I don't like the end. It's no, uh, until the end of time. But again, that's a vast minority with that opinion. <laughs> I really need to play that. Is that. That's super long, isn't it? It is long, but it also like it goes places. That's a very it's a very strange story that I really love. We could never play it on the show, could we? Uh probably not. No, no probably not ever. Oh, okay. let me look at uh how long sixty eight and a half hours. Yeah, yeah that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it took me a very long time to beat that game as a kid. That'd be that a game, long, uh, long episode of us talking about Star Ocean. It's one of those JRPGs where, like, five different times throughout the game, you're like, oh, okay, the game is ending now, and then it just changes gears and becomes an entirely different kind of game. It's like, what the fuck? I thought we were done. <laughs> so you get to the 45 end of this, like, hours storyline. Yeah. Completionist, yeah, like the... 314 hours. Yeah, well, there's a lot of stuff that requires, like, time. Like, I would say the, uh, the 80 hour. <laughs> Uh, average is like probably a good, probably a good point. There's the completionist run. There's a lot of things in the game that like require you to just leave the game running while you do oh. stuff in the background. So, all right, there's like a, a whole alchemy questions. system. That's a nightmare. Uh, a couple questions to read from this last group. Then we'll be done with this. Then we'll be done. Uh, from J- John Paul Dago. It's such an epic game. I remember trying to learn different techniques and got tired of seeing Musashi learn mint. I never learned mint because I only. I only <laughs> suck certain people to get their ability. Yes, all that stuff. From Tori Scott, one of my favorite PSX days. 
hands down best OST for me personally. Here's a fun fact for your podcast. The composer Tishu Yoshi was working on tracks for Chikobo Dungeon 2 while also producing the Mosashi OST. So on CD2, the track called Dark Corridor is a stripped down version of the Bell and Flame from Musashi. That's cool, man. I have yeah. no idea what you're talking about exactly, but I know what Chicago Dungeon 2 is. <laughs> and fun fact for you, the Overworld theme is a stripped-down version of Bizarre Love Triangle by New Order. <laughs> and last question we're going to read from Chun Fei. He said, try Musashi Samurai Legend on PS2. I thought it was not that great as the first, but it's good to have if you love the battle system. Well, <laughs> I'm interested so. in it. I'll give him that. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm interested, interested too. Cool. Yeah. I can't I say it. Good. But if this episode does really good, it'll be on the show. Because yeah, anything that does episode, really good, we'll definitely do it. Like I should say, we're definitely after Alice at 350. We are definitely doing Alice Madness Returns this year at some point, hopefully. Even though we're kind of booked until August, and yeah. I'm gonna try, I'm gonna try to make a new Golden Sun: The Lost Age this year or in early next year, because we Ooh. need to wrap that. Yeah, I know. I want to. I, I never did get to. I never did finish that sequel. Yeah, neither did we. This game, loved it. I think we told people back in December though. We said like, you know, we're like talking about changing up the, uh, the yeah, we, scheduling we slightly it. so that we can do some longer games because a lot of people want us to play longer games. It's just we do we really do want to. It's just hard. We yeah, we're gonna be. This coming season, we're going to be trying to really random shit. I shouldn't say really random shit. We're kind of we're random episodes that aren't that are on, based on gaming, but not a not a certain game or some really short game where we can just that way we have an extra week to crank yeah. out longer stuff, such as KOTOR. We've been talking to them. We've been calling them like special topics episodes where. Yeah. Yeah. And they'll That's fill true. your normal spot and you'll still have the comics and movies that we've been doing consistently yeah. now. Oh, yeah. Shit. The, uh, an episode that requires a lot less um, work <laughs> so that we can. <laughs> Work on a bigger game in the background. Yeah. All so, right. I think we should go to show how those goes. Uh, if they work out, then we'll keep doing them. We'll yeah, I got a couple ideas that we have like three random stuff we're doing next season to sprinkle out, and a couple really short games. So I don't think we haven't announced our um, the first one we're doing yet, but I'm super excited for it. Yeah, we can announce it. I'm about to push. I'm about to post it anyway. So we're playing Resident Evil Three. The coincide nemesis. The coincide like a week before the the remake comes out, so it gets you all excited about Resident Evil Three. Hopefully, oh no, I was talking about the first like non-game episode. Which I, oh, I don't. Also excited that. for that, but I didn't know okay. if you to. We haven't like gotten anywhere. I don't think we're anywhere close to announce that yet. Don't worry. Um, Stu, why don't you go first for Shelfer Box? Ugh, um, man. Um, <laughs> I'm a little torn. I, I admittedly, I there's a lot that this game does that I find really interesting and unique and fun i think i think this game has to go on my box though not because it's a bad game just because like it's had i played this as a kid i definitely would have that nostalgia for it i would definitely have that love for it that you know it would just be cemented in my head as this fantastic cool interesting game but because i didn't play as a kid i don't have that nostalgia and so it's just it's like it's a little too clunky it's a little too janky it's got that old it's it's aged like a early 3d game which isn't a good thing <laughs> but yeah so it, it's going in my box but again i'm gonna have to say it's going in my box with an exception if it if they did a remaster of this game and they put it on the switch and they cleaned it up and they maybe like added in a little bit more story just small stuff like extra lines here or there to like make everything make sense I mean, you could bring the same voice actress and voice actors back pretty much. 
Um, they're all still working in the field, I think. As far as I can tell, they're all still working yeah. out there. Recently enough. Yeah, like bring them all back, just record a couple extra lines or like re-record the dialogue entirely, just tweak the game a little bit, like make it flow better, make the gameplay a little cleaner. And I think I would really love this game. And the only thing holding it back is like its age, really. So it's sadly going in my box, but I did have I, I had a lot of fun looking into it and like hearing like the cool soundtrack and exploring this cool world where, you know, everyone is named after food and they've got this very clear theme and clear like thematic code to everybody. I like that. I like that JRPG style. So going to my box, but I did really enjoy it. How about you, Benjamin? I so where I'm at like I'm still halfway through and <laughs> oh, I got, all, <laughs> all of these are all three of these are gonna start with well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I I can say that I'm as frustrating as some of the parts are. I do plan on finishing the game. Like I am enjoying it, but I don't see the replay value. Yeah, I, I don't see myself turning back to it. So it's it's you know put it in the box, but with a smile. Yeah, it needs <laughs> that like. It, that's the problem with like a lot of comedies in general, not just in games, just like comedy in general tends to age pretty yeah. quickly. You know, the jokes are the jokes have been told. Yeah. You know, we've had, I've, had our, I've had the laughs. It's hard to make a comedy that ages really well, which is why some movies were like like Top Secret and Airplane, despite all, despite some of those jokes having aged very poorly. Some of those like other jokes in that movie have just they're kind of timeless. It's hard to nail that timeless comedy. Mm-hmm. I think uh, if the gameplay was just tweaked, then like that comedy would still be really enjoyable. But the fact that you have to slog through so much to get to that comedy is kind of right. It's, it's too much, too much of a grind. And I'll, I'll go last, and I'll, I'll to stick with tradition. Well, I mean, <laughs> well, I had real fond memories of this game. Just like when I played Operation Raccoon City, the game I remembered and the game I played today were not the same game. Yeah. And I mean, it is, I mean, it is super fucking epic, especially near the end. And I really was like, well, I'm really having fun. But throughout the game, I was partly it was me and I sucked at this game. Like, I, I really sucked. At it. <laughs> so that that's on me. But it didn't I didn't really enjoy it. I mean, I enjoyed the comedy. I enjoyed the story. I thought that was cool, but the platforming is is hard, and I just wasn't into the leveling system. And like, I'm glad we did it on the show, but I never want to play it again now. And I'm glad that a lot of people like this game. Like, if they like, as Stu said earlier, if they remade this and remastered it and made a few changes, quality of life improvements, I'd be all on board because it's a fun game. It's a yeah. cool story. It's very unique, but it was too hard for me at times, and it just wasn't. It wasn't for me anymore so it's, it's going in the box and i'm glad we played it i'm glad i finally beat it but i'm good i do want to play the sequel someday maybe or the spiritual successor they call it we'll yeah, see it's uh that depends I mean, on how this show does <laughs> i think uh, i think in general like i like that games a lot of games are being remastered now i know some people are like oh they've run out of ideas like no i i fucking i am so excited for final fantasy 7 to come out like like to play that whole game again in the remastered, I bet that's gonna yeah, be really cool. Wait ten years. Yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> You're only going to wait a long ass time. But I like when games are remastered. I like going back and play like the fucking Master Chief Collection, despite not all being out on PC. It's still like incredibly successful and cool to me. I love that. But I would very much like to see companies kind of like how movie companies need to do this, where they need to like stop remaking good games that already exist. Yeah. Like they, they should go back to things like this. They should go back to Take the okay games and make them gr- make them good. Yeah, that's like <laughs> there's gonna be a point. You're about where... to make another joke. <laughs> well, there's gonna be a point where like that presumably is going to start happening once once Hollywood runs out of all the greatest movies to remake and they remake them three more times after that. Then surely <laughs> they'll go back and they'll remake like an okayish movie that people have kind of forgotten about and. Like, I want games to start doing that. I'd like Square to go back and say, like, okay, we have this game that some people love, and it's got this little following, but it didn't do very well. And it's like, it's not remembered as fondly as it like, as it could be, but it's got a lot of really cool concepts in it. Let's take that and let's make that something new out of it. I just, I want that to start happening. So, I mean, like, I'm fine. Like, I've said this before. I'm fine with, like, all game companies essentially taking like three years off and saying, we're not going to make anything new. We're just all going to go back and remake these old games. Totally fine with that. <laughs> There's a lot of great ideas out there that okay. never really got a chance. <laughs> we've played we've played a number of games in this podcast that are great ideas that have never gotten a chance. So <laughs> they exist. <laughs> Play more. Welcome to oh, my tech. I think that a- oh, and since Stefan's not here to introduce the game for next week, Stu, do you want to? Uh, yes. kind of uh, up your alley. Yeah, that's a good hint that I am not going to get. Hold on a second. Um, <laughs> the game we are playing next week <laughs> is Sweet Home for NES. The game NES. that inspired Resident Evil, essentially later on, made by Capcom. Well, it's yes. very strange. We'll a very here, early survival. Uh, yeah, survival or turnstile RPG or some weird shit. I don't even know. I haven't started it yet. It's an odd little thing. Yeah, well, uh... This is the week of, like, this is the month of odd games. Like, we just got done playing Alice, now we're playing Brave and Musashi, then we're playing Sweet Home, like... Then we're playing GTA 2. Yeah, then we're going, like, we're ending with, like, a normal game. But I think a lot of people still haven't played GTA 2, so... I, I, this is, yeah, this I, is I'm the month excited. of, like... This is, like, our hipster month. <laughs> we started with, like, we, uh... <laughs> Kind of started like the hipster month with Last Express. <laughs> you know, that's it's very accurate. I forgot about Last Express. Yeah, we'll just from, from now, trying to forget. We'll try to do the same thing next year. Like February to March will be like the like hipster games. <laughs> <laughs> we also did Metal Gear Style and, and Ghostbusters in, in February. Yeah, but, well, we'll say like mid-February. That's our hipster month. Our hipster <laughs> month doesn't take place in a normal month because that would make too much sense. We're hip. Yeah, it takes place uh, the last two weeks of February. The first three, the first three weeks of March are our hipster month. <laughs> All right. Um, I think that about wraps it up for a couple of quick things I, I want to say. Calendar, first, one so. to give <laughs> first, I want to give a shout out to our awesome intro and outro, courtesy of Bobby, aka Mike Stoney, from his EP Bite the Bullet, the song of the Cool Kid Squad. You will see a link to his YouTube page on the show notes. 
All right, you got that out. Also, please follow us, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I'm constantly posting images, and hey, I'm sure some of you guys have found me because I'm posting random shit on Instagram and Twitter. So please follow me on there so we can have more followers, and I'll keep posting. And as I said before, I'll say again, if you want to email us, please feel free to gain my mom found at yahoo.com. Please feel free to send us emails, and we have the email. We will read it now. I have access to it. And also, <laughs> feel free, if you have any questions about the show, anything you want to recommend, Anything you want to say, please feel free to shout out a message to me on Games My Mom Phone at face on Facebook Messenger. You know, follow, like the page, Games My Mom Phone, and I will I will reply. You, I'm trying to get better at it, but I will reply. <laughs> and Adam Bradbury, I appreciate you. <laughs> we finally read your email. <laughs> it took a while, but we read it. I didn't think it'd be funny, uh, if we, uh, like if somebody emailed us. I'm waiting for somebody to like give us a game that none of us have ever touched. <laughs> There's Just... your challenge, guys. Anyone still listening? Send us an email, something we never heard of. We might play it on the show. Oh, yeah, absolutely. If you, if you pick a game that none of us have played, 100% it'll be on there. I will fight for that. Yeah. <laughs> and hopefully it won't end up like Cube. <laughs> <laughs> um, but things will get better. Like, because now I'm finally going to be off six days. Like, after, as of this recording, I have one six-day week left. And then I'm off six days. I also get You're off, off a six-day work training, schedule. But You're off. not going to be off for six days a week. No, that'd be amazing. <laughs> oh, like, you're you're off six days. What the fuck? Mike, what job did you get? <laughs> uh, no, I, I will be doing six days. Of work. I'll just be doing regular 40-hour work weeks at a 50-hour work week. So now it, it's hey. it's very been impressive to me to juggle a podcast, juggle doing things with my wife and working all in one week. It's, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, Steph and I had sure. a conversation with Mike at some point where we were like, hey. We can't do seven episodes a month, <laughs> just so you know. It's like, <laughs> yeah, we are like the next movie here. thing is coming out. As I mentioned before, is I'm doing Iron Man. It's already been recorded, already edited, will be released later this month. But we're going to start doing the MC chronological or published date the MCU movies as they came out, and I'm doing that with Mike uh, Hughes. Three years, so. <laughs> Uh, it's gonna get sped up at some, but so that's coming. And we have been we have been in talks to do more comic episodes because those are really easy to do, and Stefan wants to edit. So those there'll be more coming. It sounds like. Okay. So I'm trying to find ways that we should keep doing the regular show, and I do extra stuff without making you without pushing you guys to the brink of death. So <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> yeah, there have been a number of comic episodes where I'm like, oh, that would have been cool to be on, but I just I'm just like ah, yeah, I, I worked like seventy hours last well, week. <laughs> one thing I did find that you have to be on is there's a Flintstones comic that came out a few years ago that is like a very dark version of the Flintstones where Yabba yes. Dabba Doo is something they said while they were in war. <laughs> I still want to do that. And uh... they go to the mall in one scene, they go to the mall and they're like, hey, you want to have a try a sample or panda extinct? And it's a panda head. He's going to try. And it's just it's. It's a really dark ass comic, but it's it's definitely going to be on the show now at some point. I think I've seen images from it before. Yeah, um, it's fucked up. Yeah, it's like the like quote unquote realistic version of Flintstones. Yeah, <laughs> there's like a post Vietnam Flintstones. Put your hand Barbera. Really, is that dark one I uh, like that? Is that one I really want to do? And I don't know if it's on the schedule or not. Beast of Burden. Yeah, yeah, it's on the schedule. We we, I just make a list and then. We're still figuring that out, but now once, and I'm also going to be on day shift. It'll be a lot easier to record. Yeah. Yep. Instead of we got Monday, all we got is Monday. All right, we don't get done Monday, we're screwed. Like that, that will be over with that bullshit. Yeah. 
For those that don't know who've been listening to us for a while, Stu works day shift kind of and goes to school. And, yeah. and then I was working night shift. Stefan was working <laughs> night shift certain days. So it was like we had like two days to record. If we missed those days, well, <laughs> SOL. I basically work. It's fair to say day shift. I, I go to school during the day and I work whenever. Usually I find out like Sunday when I'm working for the week. And so it could be anywhere from like uh, like a little bit or like, oh, like I said, some weeks it's like, oh, I'm going to do like three, like this week I'm going to do like three overnights. So <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a lot of like figuring it out very last minute. <laughs> All right. I think it's time to wrap up this episode. <laughs> And just fucking scrambling. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We will see you all guys. We uh, Okay. We will see all you guys next week. <laughs> we talk about Sweet Home, and I am not excited. Did you do the ending thing? The outro. Yeah. I, I did it all. Did I just you? kept talking afterwards. Yeah. I just kept talking. Oh, okay. I just I didn't shut up. That was the problem. I haven't slept in a while. I just going and going and going. Pretty tired, (laughs) so I guess I just missed it. (laughs) You heard it over 70 times. That's true. Is that a sign that you got it it absolutely right, so I didn't hear it? (laughs) Because usually I hear it if you get it wrong. (laughs) Or if you don't do it, I'm like, oh, huh? I'm starting to just tune Mike out now. (laughs) 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 It's really, it's really bad for a podcast. All right. going to stop listening to one eh. of the hosts altogether. <laughs> it worked, worked. All right. We will see you guys next week, everybody. Hey, if you haven't listened uh, to old episodes, up those downloads. And hey, yeah. you never know what we got. If you're just a new listener, check on. We got tons of crap we're doing. All right. We'll see Go you guys next to, week. Uh, Republic Bye, Commando. Apparently, it's our best fucking episode. <laughs> yeah. Bye, everybody. Bye.